Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today we are covering episodes 17 and 18 of Digimon Tamers. We are still on that Deva's arc. We are going through them like nobody's business. Again, good episodes. I say this literally every week, and I notice each week as I am listening to the editings that I do, but good episodes. I... Digimon Tamers is good, actually. It's it's good, actually. Yeah, very much. Um, yeah, I enjoyed these. It's a, it's a it's an interesting little sort of two parter, um, caring villain, I guess for for these two episodes at least. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's continuing on the path that we've seen, but I, I did like the more sort of threatening tints that these two episodes had compared to the last two, which were a bit more like <laughs> goofy. Almost, yeah, well, yeah, just like A is a big bad monster, just kill it. You know, there's a bit more like personality to the to the characters this week. So I yeah, they actually need ultimates you know, this time instead of being able to clown <laughs> on them with their champions. Yeah, yeah, they, it's uh, it's really great. Everyone gets ultimates now. Well, well I say everyone. I mean, Riku and Henry uh, get their ultimates, and that's fun. I enjoyed watching. I enjoyed seeing that a lot. Uh, I I like these two forms quite quite a lot. So it's fun. Yeah, it, this is weird to say. I think that the the three main partners from Tamers have like the most cohesive evolutionary lines of any partner Digimon. Like across every stage, they share colors and shapes and motifs. So that it's not like you know, let's say Ikakumon to Zudomon, where it changes the color palette entirely, changes the face shape entirely. Like there's <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's more um, design commonalities between them, and I like that. Yeah, this this yeah. feels more like this feels like the first line where like with the exception of maybe like Agumon and Gabumon, where you could like look at these and go, oh, this was designed to evolve from this one, rather than like the thing Digimon does a lot, where there's a bunch of monster designs and you know some of them could turn into some and others, and you know there's a lot of mixing and matching. <laughs> where yeah. there's no there's no real sense of that in these, which is which is fun. Except for, oh, of course, I'm, I'm ignoring the Terriamon Lotmon, you know, thing because obviously that's yeah. like in season one, like this is this is Biomon. It's an adorable, cute little pink bird with a shackle on its ankle. It evolves into Bergamon, who is a horrifying, flaming monstrosity with gigantic teeth sticking out of its beak. The only thing they share <laughs> yes. in common is bird. Don't forget, yes. uh, Biomon's in training form, Yokomon, who is a plant bulb. <laughs> Yes, that was very confusing. That was like, wait, Yokomon doesn't turn into Palmon, or or rather, Yokomon isn't Palmon's, you know, baby form or whatever they're called. Like, yeah, that that's, was that's one of those like, um, Venona was supposed to be Butterfree's <laughs> yes. pre-evolution conspiracy theory things. Yes, that's not conspiracy. Oh, let's not theory, get into that's... that. It's, that's legit. It is true, though. Obviously, obviously, what would be planned? <laughs> but okay, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, let's not get into that. Um, news this week we don't really have that much there was some new Digimon announced we got some new Digimon for for the vital bracelet I'm not sure uh, like what uh, like dim card they're part of I I can't find it I'm gonna guess a Yartermon because they're both plants (laughs) maybe that would be a good guess which I am not smart enough to make but we got a Yartarmon, which is like a, a vine warrior dude who looks really rad. He has a a skull of a Parasaurmon on like his arm. And he has a sickle. Yeah. A Shurimon. I think that's uh, pretty he, cool. He gives me Shurimon vibes. Oh, it's, I guess, it gives me Shurimon vibes. 
Um, you know, it's that sense. Uh, speaking of Digimon that uh, have like nothing in common with the thing they evolve from, <laughs> it reminds me of Shoemon, um, which is, you know, it's that same sort of aesthetic, but uh, I enjoy it a lot. I guess they're both plant based, these new two Digimon. Like, yep. the other one is Bloom Lordmon. Um, I feel like it should be Lord Bloommon. Like, saying Bloom Lordmon, like, well, that feels wrong it, to my mind. It's Lordmon an existing Digimon. This is this is the thing. Like I, I there's I, there's a Lord Nightmon. There's a Lord slash, Icemon. Slash Lord Nightmon slash Crusadermon. Uh, I hate uh. Lord Nightmon is such a boring name for Crusadermon. I'm just gonna say that. I'm gonna tangent you very briefly. That's a bad name. Like, just wait till you get to, to Savers, where they were forced to officially romanize it as Lord Nightmon. <laughs> yeah. Not um, getting into that. Savers, is, we'll get to Savers' lo- weird localization things uh, when we get to it. But it was it was apparently a mandate of, from Toei. They wanted to have branding consistent across all regions, so they gave them romanizations that they had to use, even when they were obviously very incorrect. Hmm. Yes. Love it when uh, a studio. Uh, love it when people that don't speak the language tell you how you should speak the language or how you should exactly. talk about this thing in this language. Episode <clears throat> five. Uh-huh. Like the. Um, the, the dub writers were like, it's it's Spinomon, right? It's a Spinosaurus. It's called Spinomon. And, and Toya said, no, actually, it's Supinomon. Whatever. Makes sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> that one's more understandable, but, like, it's still mental. But, like, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's, yeah, my, it, it, my, my it, personal yeah, theory is that both Lord Nightmon and Lord Nightmon are incorrect. It's it's supposed to be a Rhodonitemon because it's, its armor is the color of Rhodonite. Oh, it's from Rhode Island. You're right. <laughs> I God. quite like <laughs> I quite like um I think I think its design's really cool, uh Lordmon. It's it's a very um I like the flower aesthetic here. It, it almost gives off the vibe of like a plant that has like overtaken this like otherwise knight in shining shining armor type design we've got on our hands. Yeah. So it's it's quite cool in that sense. Um I'm I'm reading the like description that they pull here from the I guess from the Digimon reference book. Whatever that is. Yeah. Um, I should know that. It's, it's, the, I, it's I, I basically don't... the Pokedex, but for Digimon. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So um, there's a line here. The power it exhibits, once that energy, as in uh, energy from sunlight that it that it takes through, uh, the power it exhibits, once that energy has uh, has been raised to its limit, is said to even rival that of the Royal Knights. And I'm just thinking, yeah, okay. So like for new, when they introduce new Digimon and they're not just like rookie level, they have to be like, they have to be like S tier. To, to matter, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting that by the power creep, as it were. That's quite. Yeah, I know you're, you're right. Like I mentioned, the royal knights or the demon lords somewhere. Otherwise, none of the fanboys will take it seriously. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's vaccine type, so I guess it's not a villain. But so yeah, they're literally just. No, they're they're, that, va- they're vac- vaccine villains. Wait till, wait till we get to savers. Like half of the villains in that are vaccines. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes, but most likely not intended to be a, a villain. But who knows? Maybe. Um, I I think yeah. the aesthetic is. I like the uh the the vine heel on the boots. I think that's a really neat touch. I like like the flower lance. It's like mm. it's it's not yet bloomed yet. The heel's strange because it just looks like I it, at first glance I'm like that's cool, but then I start thinking about like that in like practice, and I'm just like I, actually I'm not sure how that works. Is it like is it like a springy heel then like where? It can just bounce off its vines or something, or like can those grab, can those grab people? Like, are they you know? Can maneuverable? he make himself taller? 
<laughs> Possibly. That's that's the um, real question. It's photosynthesis, right? He just he just points his feet up towards the sun, and then eventually they'll like slowly, <laughs> slowly grow towards the sun. But the, the true do. question is, can he stretch his arms out just for you? I mean, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, that, that, I did not know where you were coming from with that reference. Uh, <sighs> it's the DK rap. I know it is, but like Lanky Kong isn't made of plants. No, but he can also stretch his arms out. I guess so. Just for you. Just, just oh, for right, you. Fine, fine. I'll accept. Just for you, it. Tom. I'll accept it. No, not for me. I don't want Lanky Kong. Do not come anywhere near me. Um, I'm dreading the day we get Doctor Lanky Kong. Uh, in which case, um, you know, <laughs> that just horrifying notion right there. Would you let Doctor Lanky Kong operate on you to save your life? Do not let Doctor Lanky Kong <laughs> look at your nevrusions. Uh, whatever you do. <laughs> this off a great start. This is a great <laughs> episode already. I can feel. I'm it. just, I'm just thinking of <laughs> the stupid picture of Donkey Kong smiling with a caption feature like no. Mm-hmm. The classic. Is, was Doctor DK a thing in in that? Yeah, the, the Doctor Mario will. Okay, before Doctor Mario will came out, there was Doctor Mario. There was Peach, who was his like nurse, I guess, or his assistant, whatever you want to play that as. Um, later on, there was Doctor. There was Doctor Wario, which was like a mini game in the GameCube WarioWare game. Um, and then there was Doctor Luigi, which was like the Year of Luigi WiiWare game or some shit. Then when the yeah then when Doctor Mario World came out they just went they went crazy like they had they went Doctor Bowser Doctor Peach Doctor Daisy uh doc, tons of baby doctors um Diddy Kong and Donkey Kong um, it's got <laughs> do to the not point trust now, the baby doctors <laughs> they will not give you sound medical advice wait okay Tom what question. were you on Waluigi who would you who would you trust more baby Doctor Mario or Doctor Lanky Kong oh uh, you have to pick one you can't say no. I mean, to like to get me to like recovery, Doctor Lanky Kong. I just, I just dread the things that may happen along the way, um, <laughs> you know. But I think I'm leaving the he hospital. He took an oath. If I'm leaving the hospital with any scars, they're all going to be mental. Put it that way. Um, <laughs> Doctor Baby Mario, yeah, I probably means well, but I don't really know. Do not trust. Did Did Doctor Baby Mario go to medical school? Like, is, is, his, is his is his title even... official? Is what I'm asking. I don't think any of them went to medical school, but they are also just throwing pills at like random little virus monsters. So I don't think they're actually doing anything of value. Anyway, we so should probably fail like... stage of this medical <laughs> malpractice, right? Yes, yes. Um, you get I sued guess. in real life. <laughs> the, the mobile games it started adding like extra stuff now, where there's like these challenges that like um, they'll stick around for like a few weeks or whatever, and then go away. They're called like summits. Like a like a medical summit, and then there's like these things about it now called like um where they have client like poorly like patients that you have to treat by doing like these like bonus rounds essentially, and it's like oh there's a goomba with a cold or whatever, and I'm like okay, this is a lot of effort to go to for someone who's just gonna get stomped on by Mario like like two <laughs> seconds after he well are clocks, you saying goombas out. don't deserve healthcare? <laughs> I'm just saying it's probably not the best use of. <laughs> Best use of the uh, of the Mushroom Kingdom's um, medical economy or whatever I don't know, resources. Okay, so 
I just looked it up. Not only is there Dr. Donkey Kong, but there's a Dr. Diddy Kong as well. And I'm not sure yes. which of those I trust, I trust less because... Yeah, Dr. Diddy Kong... Um, Dr. Diddy Kong is going to like downbeat and throw like a banana peel in your guts. <laughs> it's going to stitch you back up with bananas still inside of you. Yeah. There was a Dr. Um, uh, Piranha Plant and Petey Piranha. There was just a bunch of Goombas stacked up like like they are in like the 3D more recent Mario games and they just put a lab coat on it and put like a stethoscope or whatever that disc thing's called on, on the head of the on the head of the top one. <laughs> the the like, mirror? Yeah, the, the mirror, yeah, yeah, that thing. Like Doctor Goomba Tower, I think it's called. So like yeah, they they're just <laughs> they're just they're just wilding out there. Um, See I would I would actually trust Dr. P D Piranha because even though he is a plant, he has <laughs> demonstrated multiple times to possess fine motor skills such that I would I would not Doubt his capacity to be a, I'm a, so a successful tired. doctor. But he's a baby. I'm so tired. Baby piranha. Yeah. Is he, he wears a baby? like a, he wears like a diaper or whatever. No, he wears the he's wears a speedo. He's a, he's a, he's got nah, little swim trunks. That's a that's a nappy. <laughs> Does he nappy. wear the the speedo slash diaper like as a doctor? Because yeah, I don't that's, trust that. That's important. Okay, let's move on. Shall we? We're we're done here. Do you think that was the news. Bloom Lordmon wears a, a speedo. Answer no. now in the comments. Be sure to <laughs> no. like, comment, and subscribe. Hit that notification bell, gamers. That's blue Lordmon because he's blue. You know he's he's at, you get it like blue was in. He's got his bloomers out. Oh, Lude. there we go. Oh, Jesus there are a few appeared in, in Smash Bros. Brawl, and he was All like right. a horrifying episode... giant with cages. Episode women so... in. <laughs> Episode seventeen. Let's let's talk about episode seventeen of Digimon Tears. <laughs> I need a okay. I need a breather quick because I am I am just <laughs> exasperated. Not even that. I'm like I'm like dizzied from all of this. <laughs> if we start if we stop talking, Scrafty's gonna find another doctor to talk about. So we need to we need to we need to keep things going. Episode seventeen. Duel with the Deva. So this okay. episode was written in English by Stephen J. Bloom. I'm not sure who it was written by in the sub. It is not listed on Digimon.Fandom.com. Oh, I can I can get that for you. It was written in the sub by uh, Masaki Hiro. Thank you. Directed by Yoshizawa Takao. Thank you. So this episode starts with some kid is like shuffling his Digimon cards. He is very happy that he has gotten like all seven in the collection. And a man with, like, a yellow jacket and a hat, like, bumps into the kid who drops his cards. And then when the kid picks up the cards, he finds out that an extra one has been dropped, or has been added to the pile that the man dropped. And so, Kazu and some other kids end up trading it to, or no, Kenta and some other kids end up trading it to Henry, who's like, oh, this this is a worthless card. You can have it, Henry. It won't be helpful to you at all. And Henry's just like, gee, thanks. But when he tries to slash it, it transforms into a blue card. So later on that night, Henry asks his father, John Yu, to analyze the contents of the card with a card reader. And so as John Yu is looking at the code of the program, he recognizes some of the code, but he chooses not to tell Henry. He's like, what's that? And then Henry's like, what, dad? And he's like, oh, nothing. Thought I saw something. Don't worry, kid. So then a chunk of this episode is dedicated towards the team of Takato, Henry, Rika teaming up to find out the card's origin like who gave the card who who got who gave the card like who is at the the beginning of this chain and so they go to previous owners and like this card has been traded like all throughout tokyo 
to eventually to a point where he's like, oh, yeah, this dude in Akihabara uh, bumped into me. And yeah. So we see like a little cut to a, a dude working at a computer. You see his yellow jacket holding up. And while get to a cut of Johnny practicing Tai Chi on the roof of the apartment and we get some Monster Makers lore where he's thinking about like the whole the whole project he was involved in 20 years ago with the Monster Makers to create Digimon and and how that is connected with the agent that showed up at his doorstep the other day around like the Mahiramon episode about someone named Shibumi. So the next day Terriermon, Henry, and Takato are walking along, like, getting ready to search again when Impmon shows up to fight. And Henry's father, John Yu, realizes, like, that is a, a talking talking imp and, a, and Terriermon right there because he went to get his cell phone back because he forgot it. And so John Yu knows what a Digimon is, and Impmon attacks him and, like, just straight up, like, hits his arm with a fireball. So Terriermon goes to fight, but... Itmon gets scared away because he is still a coward, and John Yu wants to talk to Henry, but Henry just, like, runs away with everyone, like, Terriermon and Takato, because, like, he's afraid of what might happen. So then at Hypnos, we see two Digimon who are bioemerging from the Juggernaut core, and while Takato, Henry, and Rika are in Akihabara, like, waiting for some sign of, like, this mysterious man... Like, everything goes haywire, and then we see two devas appear, Vajramon and Pajiramon. And they start consuming electronics to stabilize themselves, which is a thing. And so Terramon and Renamon start... It's such a weird thing, because it, it hasn't happened before now, and it never appears again, to my knowledge. It's just for this one episode. They're just, they're just hungry. Yeah, I have thoughts about that, so let's let's wrap up the summary before we get to them because we might be there a while yeah. <laughs> Talk, talking about that. So yeah, so we have Vajramon and Pajiramon and they're starting to fight uh, Terriermon is digivolved into Gargamon and Henry is sort of going through that whole thing of swiping a bunch of cards because Pajiramon is outclassing Gargamon very easily but like nothing seems to really work and Renamon is sort of like not really fighting Vajramon. Like, it's kind of strange. Like, Vajramon is just playing with her in the sense of, like, he's deflecting her attacks like it's nothing. And Henry is, like, going through card after card after card. One of my favorite moments for Digimodify shows up this week, and we'll get to that. But eventually, Takato's like, hey, use that blue card. And Henry's like, uh, okay. And he uses it, and it doesn't seem to work at first. But then eventually, you see, we see a giant laser beam that Kalumon shoots into the sky, which then shoots down at Gargomon, and he digivolves, he mat Matrix digivolves into Rapidmon, who one-shots Pajiramon and Vajramon with his Tri-Beam, but unfortunately, Vajramon reforms through the network and, like, bio-emerges in, like a, like, a waterway, but they think, like, oh, like, we did it, we saved the day, so, I mean, which, technically they did, but it, unfortunately, Rapidmon did not to-kill those two. So at night, Henry and Terriermon are home, and John Yu thanks Terriermon for his helping him from Ipmon and reveals sort of the beginning lore for the for the the monster makers about how they were a group of like young college students who were working with artificial life and they were going about this project, but it was unfortunately shut down due to lack of sponsors and funding, and it was shuttered before they could see it through. 
And he also reveals that the code in the blue card was written by a former monster maker named Shibumi. And the episode ends with Vajramon appearing in front of Renamon, and he wants to like talk to her, and Renamon Renamon goes with him to have questions that only he can answer answered. And Rika is just kind of freaked out because why did her Digimon go off with a Deva? I thought this one was great. I, I like this is a great a lot episode. Of intrigue. Yeah, there's a lot of intrigue and like happenings in this one. Um, I guess because I kind of brought it up there and then in the um <laughs> in the description. Oh, I guess <laughs> yeah. I guess we all kind of brought it up. What the hell? What, what the hell? What the hell was up with the dated discs and like eating eating CDs and stuff? That just, just nonsense. Like I get that they they're need just, data to like. You, they're just hungry. They they just needed a little little snack. They're they're the only ones who are hungry. Every other Deva ate before they came. I get the notion that like they you know would absorb data to like get stronger and whatever. But like having that translate to I can eat a CD and get more powerful. Is, is um, a, bl- a blank yeah. CD at that? That's like yeah. Literally well, yeah. There literally is a an absence of data. <laughs> yeah, that's that is also the case. So it's just, I, I mean, like if they just ate anything, I think I'd be more down with that. If they were just like, oh, I'm just going to eat this, like, you know, I'm going to eat these CDs. I'm going to eat this, like, backpack I found on the floor. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to eat know, this person. They tried. They tried to eat the person, and then like. Gilmon saves him or whatever. It's not not Gilmon, he's not there. Um, but yeah, like that would have made more sense, I feel like, because the idea of, oh, we're just going to eat matter. You know, fine. Mm-hmm. But them specifically going to eat data and eating, like, physical media. Like, a compu- uh, like what do they mean to computer just, mouse? Just it's like, what, what data is in a computer mouse? <laughs> Are they, they just, just put it on the trackball? Maybe it's like, some sort of, like, magic adjacent sort of thing, where, like, these are instruments of data or something like that. I don't really know. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to just bite in my head any possible way. Yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. It's very weird. And like, like like I said before, this this hasn't shown up before. It never shows up again. It's just weirdness for these episodes because the, the original writers were like, yeah, whatever, this is what they do. Yeah, sure. I mean, and it's the fine. future writers were like, no, they don't do that. Not at all. <laughs> I yeah I thought I found these two Digimon to be quite um I'm I'm still not big on their design of the Davis like I that, I don't think I'm gonna feel any differently about that to be honest I I just find their whole look I get what it's based on and what it's going for and in that sense it's not like it's not too far removed from like what those mythological creatures generally look like and what have you I don't know there's just something about it that just looks out of place for me um it looks inconsistent with other Digimon designs and I don't know. It's it. I think it's just a me thing. I can't point to any one thing and say this is why they're bad. Or even that I think they're bad. I just think they're too different for my tastes. I just think that they're 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 too standard so far. I think the the be- the best ones are yet to come. Like some of the later Devas, I think look really cool and and distinct. But the fact that they debuted two that are essentially like palette swaps of each other in this episode it just kind of it just kind of emphasizes yeah. like how safe they've been so far i guess like Mihiramon's the the most unusual we've seen so far because it's got like the wings and the shields and the segmented tail but like i like yeah Mihiramon Mihiramon is definitely my favorite so far if, if only because yeah 
tiger Digimon or, or, or like a Digimon that's based on like a tiger or so on in that way um, is I feel like that's new. I feel like that, that's sort of distinct in its own way. And yes, we've not had, you know, Senjor like bull slash sheep either, but I don't know, it's not quite it's not quite it's not quite, quite got the same cool factor or whatever. Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I like um, I like Pajuramon's face. It seems really adorable, like a cute little sheep face. <laughs> but that's about it. Yeah. She's I, got a cute I little mean, sheep face. And I okay, like to be fair to to be fair to Vajramon, he's got a crop top and he's got washboard abs, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, yeah, she's Pajiman has a crossbow, which which I think is cool, and I like that she's just she's just firing that thing like she is not hesitating whatsoever to like shoot Terrymon square in the forehead with that crossbow, you know, given the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> so I enjoyed that quite a lot. I thought that was interesting to see. It's always fun to see Digimon with a weapon, <laughs> like just a straight up like weapon, especially when it's not just a sword; it's something a bit more inventive. Um. So that's always fun, uh, but yeah, having having her short with crossbows is was was kind of amazing. But other than that, I, I like I like their general threat um, threat level. Like they are yeah. big and they are obviously intelligent, and you know they are they un um what's the phrase? They aren't they being picky, basic. Yeah, they aren't being picky about who they terrorize. Put it that way, like. They are there to cause a ruckus, and that is exactly what they do. Um, there's also just the general sense of them being way more organised than even the, even the other Davis that have shown up so far, like um, Sandiraman and uh, the chicken last week. I forgot what it was called. Um, they they just Sandiraman. Sandiraman, yeah. They just seem to be causing you know mischief, but like in a sort of more like a dog that's been that's got out of the house sort of way, um, <laughs> you know. These these two are much more like with it, <laughs> so um, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that aspect. Um, yeah, and also that yeah, the fact that they just sort of like they aren't faced whatsoever by Gargamon, and it, 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 they really do a good job of making Rapidmon look really powerful here by having him just show up and doing the like um, doing the uh, the T pose uh, beam. T- Doing the attention hand um, thing <laughs> to them, <laughs> like just, just <laughs> like evaporating Pajiramon, which I thought I just watched he, that scene. He literally T poses to assert dominance. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, so that's important. Yeah, that can't be overstated. He does indeed do a T pose to uh, to fire off his attack. Um, I guess on the point on the point about Rapidmon, I'm kind of interested because you mentioned earlier about the consistency of the Digimon evolutions. I feel like Rapidmon is the one that I would look at and go. This is, this is like less the least consistent with it's, what it's still a little bit less from. consistent, but it's it's still got the yeah. greens and greens with red accents and cream undertones. It's still got the rabbit shape, and it still has Gargomon's cannons on its back. Yes, I think it's just that Terrymon Terrymon's tiny, of course, but well, not tiny, but you know he's he's small, but he's like he's he's round basically for the most part. And then Gargamon kind of keeps up that theme. And then suddenly we get Rapidmon, who's like very lean and nimble. Um, and then when it digivolves again, spoilers, but it goes back to that bulky design uh, that, that you kind of saw through line through. So it, it, it kind of does feel like a bit of like a went off course a bit and then they like steered back onto it when they got to See, the Mega. I think 
the the mega is like the best of both worlds, and it's got the bulk and the firepower of of Gargomon, but like the yeah. kind of mechanical tendencies of Rapidmon. Yes, I mean the the mechanical tendencies is is like the through line for these because obviously you have Gargomon gets the chain guns, but everything else about it is pretty you know natural. Other than that, I, I, I'm saying natural. Yes, I'm aware it has jorts on, but I don't really know how to like. <laughs> That is them. that. He's got to be clothed. That's natural. It's like cotton or nylon or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> denim. Denim. denim again. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, but then you have yeah, you have Rapidmon, who's more like in a natural suit of armor for the most part, but like not entirely. And then yeah, you have Mega Gargamon, who is um, just a, just a mech. <laughs> Rapidmon is <laughs> but, just yeah, like I, the I, the thing I, from I, Zone of the Enders, basically. It's that mech from Zone of the Enders. The yes. Booty? Yeah. Or Nubis, or any of those. Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, like they're just they're basically called. It's just one of those, and it's great. I do enjoy. Yes, uh, I do like Rapidmon. Obviously, this isn't our first time seeing Rapidmon uh, in this like series You're right. of because it's obviously reappearing again from um, uh, Hurricane. No, not Hurricane Touchdown. The second part, Golden Digimentals. Um, Good job, got it. But, A plus. But <laughs> thank you. Um, but um, this is obviously the standard variant. Um, and it just makes me wonder how they settled on the idea in the first place of making making Rapidmon a like golden armor digivolution. And then, They're probably and then like, yeah. well, we've got this evolution of Terriermon we're using this movie and it kind of looks like it's wearing armor, so let's just turn it gold. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess that's probably the logic they use, but... He's just shouldn't uh, yeah. Henry be marking out seeing the the dude from the Golden Instrumentals <laughs> movie like appearing? Like, yo, that's my instrument. <sighs> I don't care if it's double only. It. It's canon to bad. me. He got taken out of the he got taken out of the cinema because he he's scared of by Angela Anaconda, so yeah, he didn't see that part. <laughs> I can't believe John Yu and his mom divorced. No, sorry, he didn't do it. But Susie, Susie, he went there with Susie, and Susie was the one who screamed. <laughs> Had to be taken out, and you all had to go home. Susie is the reason uh, Henry's parents divorced. Confirmed. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Um. Anyway, cursed law, notwithstanding. Um. Yeah, Rapid Mod's cool. I like that. It's it. It's fun seeing a. Um. It's fun whenever in a shonen anime you have the character just you know get its form, super form or whatever, and just become lightning fast. You know. Yeah. Ultra instinct. <laughs> He's literally doing instant transmission. Speed yeah, is always yeah. one of the coolest powers to display visually. Exactly. And I feel like we've not seen many of those like like in terms of like speedy Digimon that aren't just mounts. Um sorry, that aren't just quadrupeds or whatever. Um I don't think we've seen that many that are like explicitly fast. And that's like their their whole thing. So that's kind of fun. It's distinct. Yeah, I, and I like the idea that, like, he's got, like, some armor on him, but he's also, like, still, like, fast and has, like, heavy firepower. He's he's the he's the ultimate of all three. He's got firepower, he's got armor, and he's fast. Yes, yes. Uh, there's, a, there's a nice, like, um, there's a nice, like, balance between the three, the three Digimon as they, as they, like, grow and as they get more, like, evolutions and so on. There's a nice contrast in, like, their power sets. Like, you have War Groundmon, who's obviously, like, the tank. Uh, and you have, um, we're about to see Town one in the next episode, who's a bit more of a trickster, I guess, like the rogue or yeah. whatever. Um, she, and, she's and got the speed and the firepower. 
uh, no, Lord Rapid, Rapid Rapid has the- has the armor and the firepower. Meanwhile, Terror or Rapidmon gets all three. Rapidmon's DPS. Um, War Grandmon's tank, and uh, I don't know Tamon can probably heal, maybe. <laughs> or like, I mean, that, that does that does Paladin, track with the you know the the motif of Henry becoming more more of an assertive person over the course of the show, whereas Rika becomes more of a kind and caring one. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Rika becomes becomes. No, I was I was going to make a joke about gender roles there, but I I, I don't actually think even even though even though you kind of it's sort of there, it's not really true. Like I would say, what, what was what was that thing? So you found it. You found it after discussing it last week. That one comic where it was like, um, oh the the the, Henry's, the, the, the Henry's baby the friend, dad friend. Yeah, yeah. We, we, then... I've said this. All, I'll say it again because I love it. It's a. Uh... Rika is the dad friend, and uh, yes, <laughs> Takato's the baby friend. Henry's the mom friend, and I love it. It's the perfect dynamic. Takato being the being the the baby is uh, is my favorite part of that. <laughs> sure, he is. Sure. He's the baby. Like yeah. the, the there's the scene where on the train, and Takato's like, "Oh boy, this is so cool!" And then you immediately hear Rika starts like, "This is the stupidest thing ever." God, I hate this. And it's the <laughs> it is the funniest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Hey, are hey, are hey, you yeah. all ready for the the latest entry in um, Scrafty's celebrity impersonation corner? Yes. Hold on, hold on, Scrafty. See, I, I just want to throw this. I want to. I want to throw this out there before you do that because I, I think you'll appreciate this. Um, Henry is Hangman Page. Uh, Takato is John Silver, and Rika is Anna J. <laughs> I'm guessing yeah. these are wrestlers. These these are all members. Well, sort of members of the Dark Order. Yes, in, in AEW. The so Dark Order. Or- what? If we ever yeah. make a joke, Sloan, that you don't understand, just assume it's wrestling related. Uh, that's that's fair <laughs> enough. Feel free to keep that in or not. I did. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm keeping this in. Okay, good. Yeah, use your discretion, but yeah, it's entirely yours. Yes, sorry. It's Celebrity Impersonation Corner. See, okay, I, I looked it up and I don't understand it just because I don't know the actor or actress, so go ahead. So th- this week on Scrafty's Celebrity Impersonation Corner... Uh, we've got a twofer Star Trek reference because both of our villains this week are doing impressions of uh, Star Trek actors slash characters. Okay. Um, okay. So Pajiramon is voiced by Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who's a you know very well known voice actor, a business partner of Steve Bloom, so she's in a lot of the stuff that he's in. Business um, partner. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um and. She's doing an impression of Kate Mulgrew, who is uh, best probably best known as, uh, for the role of Captain Janeway from Star Trek Voyager. Oh, well, okay. okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what else people would know her from. Um, most recently in, in the, the animated TV show Infinity Train, she played the cat. The character oh, the just cat. known as the cat. Um, and she's, oh, yeah, she plays I, that I, role. I she's knew, super good in that. I know, I know Star Trek. So <laughs> yeah. that's fine. Um, I don't off Star Trek. I'm just saying that for Sloane's benefit because apparently Sloane wasn't wasn't aware of uh, Janeway. What what her best, like best known role was, uh, and then I, I have I haven't seen Voyager or Star Trek, so my bad. <laughs> and then uh, Vajramon is voiced by Michael McConaughey, who in uh, last season played Zulongmon. All um, right, all right, all right. <laughs> and uh, he's doing an impression of. Um, Michael Dorn as Lieutenant Commander Worf from Star Trek oh. the New, uh, Next Generation oh, okay. and Deep Space Nine. Huh. That kind of voice just suits a uh, like a like a bull creature. Yeah, like uh, a proud like, character, warrior character, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, all okay, that I like that. 
So, yeah, so both both of them are doing different Star Trek impressions this time. Um, I confirmed this by looking at an interview with them, and um, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn confirmed that she was doing an impression of Kate Mulgrew and that um, her and Michael McConaughey agreed to both do Star Trek voices because they wanted to, they were both into Star Trek at the time and just wanted to kind of honor the, the actors who played the <laughs> That's roles. That's great. I, I absolutely love that. Just like, hey, do you want to do a Star Trek impersonation? Sure. Okay, let's go for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, it's a bit character that's going to last one slash two episodes. So, yeah, why not? Yeah. There's a long there's a long and storied history of these impressions being done for absolutely no goddamn reason <laughs> in this show. <laughs> exactly. So, and, like, I would say it's less distracting than it usually is as well, because they are impressions, yes, but they're still just character voices. It's not like Red Vegemon being Jack Nicholson, where you can tell it's Look, just Jack Nicholson. That's the best <laughs> thing, though. I will not take this Red Vegemon slander. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. I'm also thinking of Digitamamon, who was um, Peter. Peter See, Digitamamon yeah. was still like a, a character voice, though, I feel like. Because he, he's. I don't know. I can't agree with. I, I think that also fits into character voice, except the fact that he, he just shows up more often. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the minute you hear Digitamamon's voice, you go, that's an impression. Like, you don't think, oh, that's just his voice. You go, okay, what, Maybe... what, what are they riffing on? Maybe as a kid, you just think that's a slimy restaurant manager. I don't know. Like, even Robin Williams is doing Peter Lorre impressions back then. Like, he does a Peter Lorre impression in Aladdin. Like, it's it's a pretty well-known voice. That's true. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a cool little fact for this episode. Both of our villains are uh, Trekkies. Uh, we'll be back next episode with another uh, celebrity voice impersonation. Oh, God, that <laughs> one. I literally lost my mind when I when that happened. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I didn't pick it up was... on... I didn't pick it up was 2001 Austin Powers was still popular. Oh, God, right. Yep. No, I definitely picked up on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I made notes about that one. <laughs> yeah, this I, I this had my favorite um, modify card moment of uh, Terrier Mom with the giant hammer. I knew you were going to say that as soon as I you just, mentioned your favorite modify. Only, only problem Thor's I wish, I wish it was called Vulcan's hammer instead of Thor's hammer. Because it's 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 Vulcan it's Vulcan's hammer. It's not Thor's in the, in hammer. The dub, in, the, in the sub, it's Thor's hammer. Well, I don't care. I like Vulcan's <laughs> no, it's, hammer more. Um, it's, wait, isn't is it, it oh, a hammer spark is, in the sub? Isn't that the name of? Is that the name of Zudamon's attack? Because I was just I just made a note of like, don't you mean Zudamon's hammer? Because you know, I thought it was no, the, uh, the actual weapon is called Thor's hammer according to the wiki. Oh, okay. I thought it was Volcanus Mon's hammer, so guess I'm guess I'm bad. In yeah, <laughs> the in the dub, a lot of attacks are named after Vulcan, but none of them are in the sub. Like Vulcan's hammer in the sub is Hammer Spark. Um, Vulcan's hammer throw is called Hammer Boomerang, etc. Okay, I just I just got to say, Hammer Spark is such a boring name in comparison. You're not wrong. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just love that moment of Terramon has the giant hammer. He leaps up and just like just straight up pounds on Pajeramon, who just absolutely no-sells it. Tries to send her to horny jail, but she's too powerful. <laughs> I, I love this, this subgenre of, of Terramon wielding oversized weapons originally used by the season one cast. <laughs> oh, it's so it's good. Fun. It's fun, yeah, yeah. I, I really I really enjoyed that because... Although I, I just obviously I said it enough last week, but I distinctly remember the uh, Wargreymon shield moment. I completely forgot about this moment. And yeah, the visual of Terrymon. Like they could have done this with like I don't know Renamon, or they could have done it with. Uh, I was going to say Gargamon, but then I realized he has no way to hold it. <laughs> um, but they could have done it with like a bigger Digimon or whatever. But doing it with Terrymon is just hilarious. 
Um, yeah. I don't like that it's completely ineffective. I feel like they should have. He's a rookie, but he is. But the but the hammer is an ultimate weapon, so I don't know. I feel like if if the weapon like takes its power from that of the user or matches its power that of the user, I feel like Terrymon using Wargreymon's shield last last uh, yeah you're last right episode, it should have been completely wor- completely useless. <laughs> so it just I feel it like... just breaks apart in one shots ter- in the attack yeah. one shots Terrymon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. But anyway, it was fun seeing the hammer. I didn't know. I was. I wasn't quite sure what the thing was that um, Renamon got. What 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 card did she use? Or what card did it was Crystal Fire? But I don't know like what attack that is because that's very clearly like a Digimon attack. But I'm not sure whose. Is it Garurumon's? No, because that's a. Oh, it's Howling Blaster. Uh... Howling Blaster. Yeah. I think it's just a card. Yeah, maybe. Because I, I just I just looked it up to see if I could find anything, and literally the only result I can find that isn't just Renamon doing it is is this card. Okay. This is Fire Crystal, not Crystal Fire. Oh yeah. Renamon is kind of like they don't do that sort of stuff with her, like the 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 quote unquote fun <laughs> fun um that they are fun, but like um I'm not sure how there's probably a better word for it. They don't like the novelty cards. They don't really do with. Yeah, really those with her for the most part. So, which is fine. Like even even like, and you see it with Takato too as well, where like a lot of the cards that he uses are like buffs and nerfs or whatever, and like not terribly specific to, you know, uh, a, a previous Digimon or like a previous like famous attack or whatever. So I like that it's like Terriamon's thing, presumably to have, you know, to call in these favors essentially from from the season one cast. Um, okay, yeah, I'm looking it up, and there is one attack she will get uh, later on. Oh, actually, in a in an upcoming OVA, she will she will we will see uh, a her use a a cool card like that. But yeah, otherwise it's well, she had she had the she had the twin sickles from Sneemon, and those get, like turned her like the, her arms into the giant sickles. Oh, that is true. Yeah, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, that's okay. That's yeah, that's fine then. So she does do that stuff sometimes, but. But yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's mostly because, like, a lot of what we see is, like, like, Takato, like, uses the Hyper Wings a lot. So I feel like, and then, like, last week we had him uh, do, like, the Digmon drill. So I feel like uh, t- Takato's more fun with that. Uh, Rika's just like, yes, I just, is, here's yeah. some power, here's some speed, just go get it done. Yeah, I forgot about the Digmon drill as well. Okay, that's, okay. Well, I'm glad they all get involved because it is fun and I like I like that part. I like yeah. using the modified cards, and I'm, I'm glad to see it continue. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, it does just continue throughout the whole show. Like I know at, at one point they're just going to get in beggars, and I feel like that's 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 a point where cards in that are probably aren't going to become as useful. Oh, it's probably going to become a bit bit too bit too desperate out desperate of an hour to be messing around with cards and that. But I mean, there's a certain point where they literally can't use cards. So, oh, okay, right. I totally forgot about that. So. That's that makes sense though. Which we'll 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 get to that when the time comes. But so, what did you think in this episode, both of you, about them already dropping the like? John Yu finds out about Digimon, basically. Like I think, I think that's obviously, great. Uh, I, yeah, I think it's a good point. I really like John Yu as a character, and and I honestly forgot that he got involved like this early, but I think that's yeah. definitely a positive because it spells out very clearly that this is not going to be 
like previous seasons where the adults are in the dark the entire time or can't, you know, do anything to help out aside from just worrying or whatever. I, I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense to do this now because when you think about... There's a lot of lore. Okay, yeah, there is that. But also, there's also, like, the arc of the series. If you Obviously, we know where it's going because we've watched it before. So we know that, you know, we're going to have an arc next, which is going to be one where if the parents aren't in the know, it's going to be quite alarming. And in fact, it is quite alarming for some of the characters. Um, and... You know, as things ramp up, yeah, this is kind of the point where you do need to do that because you're kind of running out of time to do it. Maybe a few episodes, maybe you could have done it in like episode 20 or something like that, but at a point, you've run out of time to really bring John you properly into the story rather than just teasing at it like they have been. But I did like that they have the moment where, yes, they sort of have John you on the rooftop doing the, um, you know, his waxing on and off, basically. Um, and he's like, you know, you get a glimpse into his backstory or whatever. And then later on in the very same episode, you have, oh, and, oh, yeah, guess what? He's going to find out about Digimon right now. And that was, that was really cool. Like, I, I like that they, I've always said that the show is really well paced and obviously really well structured, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the actual, like, momentum as, uh, that it has as well is really satisfying. Like, it isn't slow. Or there isn't any points where I'm watching this now thinking, Oh, I can't. Oh, I just want them to hurry up and get to this point, or like I want this thing to happen. Like, there's been very few of those moments. Yeah, the, this week in particular, like these episodes, like they they fit in a lot to the point where I was looking at the time yes. I had left on the next episode, and I was like, wow, so much has happened, and it's only been eight minutes, and I'm like, that's astounding. Yeah, yeah. like there, there. This show has no, um, for lack of a better phrase, when do we get to the fireworks factory moments? <laughs> because. <laughs> They yes. do such a good job of, of laying the, the tracks from day one so that you can you can kind of tell where it's going such that you don't really mind the slower pacing compared to some of the previous seasons. It's yeah. The pacing is paradoxically both faster and slower. It's slower in that there's less, like, you know, they're not exploring new areas every episode. They're not fighting, you know, entirely unrelated threats every episode. But, you know, they... There is obviously stuff going on. We've gotten, you know, our ultimates far earlier than we got them in in previous seasons. Um, and just overall, like, there's a lot more excitement leading leading up to the um, the big twists versus the show kind of chugging along until it hits one of those big twists, and then it becomes exciting from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, thinking about this episode, like we've we've only discussed so far, like the last third or like the last eight minutes or so of the episode like you know when uh pajiramon and, and vajramon show up like that's all we've spoken about so far and then and then we've just moved on now to john you finding about digimon well finding out about takato and henry's digimon more more precisely um this episode starts with something like obviously not related per se but like very different and yeah, it's the you know this this like detective. There's <laughs> moment, yeah, it's intrigue. Which honestly, yeah, honestly, I would have loved personally if. Okay, I don't actually want to rewrite any of Tamers because I can't imagine I'd, at me person who's never written anything for anyone would do a better job. But like, if I were approaching it uh, as a, to like a rewrite or whatever, or like writing this episode with like the basic plot skeleton or what have you. This would be something I'd stretch out for the whole episode because I just like the notion of them exploring the city, trying to find where this card came from. 
and having it resolve in like five minutes or so was actually kind of a shame because I thought, oh, this is quite cool. I wish it, I wish it had gone on longer. They surprisingly quickly managed to find out. It's almost like a there's a lot of convenience here in that they're able to find out so quickly where the card came from. You know, they obviously have to travel a fair bit, but but even so, it's like yeah, <laughs> they they find out fairly quickly. But so I, I would have liked that because it would have been fun to see them do. It would have been fun to have a mystery episode, you know, like a like a yeah, in the that intrigue spread out across the whole episode would have been really cool. And they still could have done everything else they did. Um, but instead you have this moment where like they kind of get done with that and then they go home uh, and then you have the moments of like you know uh, John Yu comes home and uh, Henry starts asking him about Digimon and stuff and John Yu's like yeah no <laughs> we'll talk about this later um, and uh, my child knows too much well. I have to put him down yeah that's the one thing they do is that they, they do they do, do the thing where the card is analysed by John Yu which I, which I liked um, I thought that was interesting as well uh, but other than that, them going home doesn't really serve too much of a purpose. Um, again, it's, 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 this, just to be clear, this is not me saying I think this episode would have been better if they'd done X. I'm just saying I really like <laughs> really like the notion of like kids. Do... My favorite episodes of The Simpsons, and this is this is a weird segue, but my episodes, my favorite episodes of The Simpsons are the ones where Bart and Lisa are like doing like a they're having an adventure of their own, and, and it's usually some. No, no, they haven't. Yeah, they've got the a plot, but like they are, they are doing something like, for example, the itching scratchy episode where they're like looking to the founder, or oh, the Chester or, J. Lampwick one. There's, a, there's a yeah, there's that one. Or like, there's a there's a few more examples of like episodes where they team up to like do a thing, um, and I quite like enjoy those. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like that as well. Yeah, yeah. So those are quite cool. i like that notion of them doing something similar where they are just exploring and like being like mini detectives for the day or something <laughs> i like that notion a lot um so yeah but <laughs> anyway i i guess that's what really, really long winded way of me saying i really like that scene <laughs> to the point where we i thought it was too short yeah and i i think this episode does do a great job of like there is a core like intrigue in uh shibumi and sort of like who that is and like a what he like what he's doing type of thing because he had a card that turned to a blue card like we see like his like special code that like is his code like that is known for that would be known by as his code like from John Yu like we see him like working in a room like just auto typing away at a computer like the government agent was like looking for him specifically out of everyone in the monster makers like I think that's a a great like sort of piecing together like this like wider picture of sort of like there is a lot more going on uh especially like with the monster makers and with this character and sort of their backgrounds and how they're relating to things now yeah yeah i i (laughs) there's just so much going on in this show i I love it so i've got a question for the two of you yep yeah so janu's flashback uh in the sub is entirely silent no narration at all as a result, you don't find out anything about what he did, um, like the specifics of what he did until the end of the episode. Do you think that that works better or worse than the narrated flashback he has in the dub? Um, it's hard for me to compare. Uh, yeah, that would be yeah. It's I tell you what, I I think... feel like I would have to take a look at the at the flashback like from the dub of like it being narrated again, and then like see how it plays out like without yeah. anything, because I feel like like. 
the idea of like a flashback while he's doing like tai chi on a roof and he's just not thinking anything about it besides like this like that feels weird to me personally but that's just me i think yeah i think i think the thing is is that they've already hinted in north at the notion of um, and again, I'm speaking on this as someone who's watched the show before, so I have the benefit of, um, you know, untold knowledge of, uh, at this point in the show. But, like, the... I know, uh, you know, it's already hinted enough that he is involved in some sort of project, which isn't... And, and you know, we know there's a connection to Yimaki as well, because of the appearance of that one dude who was, like, warning him or whatever. You know, we know it's not just an unrelated thing. We know it's obviously probably got something to do with Hypnos at the very least, uh, and by connection, and by extension, rather, uh, Digimon. So I think them kind of filling in a few blanks or, or speaking to some, like, not revelatory truths about Jean Yu and his past in the dub version, I don't think that felt like... I don't think it gave the plot away. You know, I think it works fine. Um, but again, it's a hard comparison yeah. for me to make, uh, having not watched the uh, the sub. I mean, I'm never going to pass up an opportunity to hear Jameson Price's voice because I love it. Um, <laughs> I do think that like the the dub's continuing insistence on filling every single silence with like tons of narration it feels a little, a little bit exhausting, especially since a lot of what he says yeah. is just reiterated at the end of the episode anyway. You saw a few of those scenes when in the in the attack at the end of the episode by uh, Bajiramon and Vajramon, like when they're trashing the uh, computer store and you have people running away. There's obviously a few jokes about like I'm never having lamb chops again, which you know I'm 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 at the point now where I'm like content enough with this show where those kinds of jokes I'm like, you know, I know what I'm getting. You know, I've ordered from the menu and the and the menu mentioned there will be corny jokes filling in moments of like <laughs> silence or just sort of noise or whatever you know, non-specific noise in the original version. But it's obvious in some of the scenes in this episode what they're filling in. That said, I didn't I didn't think the flashback was one of those scenes. Like it just having the notion of just having a silent flashback, especially if it's one for a character you you've already sort of painted at quite a lot when it comes to what he may have done in the past. Feels a bit it sounds a bit strange to me, personally, like Sloan said. Yeah, like I think especially because, like, yeah, like, we do know about the Monster Makers, like, we had straight up a government agent come to, like, approach John Yu about it. Like, I think we we know enough where I don't mind it. And I mean, like, yeah, like, it is reiterated at, so it's like, maybe they could have done something with that, but, like, I don't mind, like, him him having his own thoughts about uh, the Monster Makers and then their experiences, and then him giving, like, the story to his son. Like, I don't think that's necessarily bad or like bad storytelling or it should have been different. Like, I think that that has its uses and John Yu's like own like doubts and sort of like nervousness regarding things like regarding his old friends and like what is happening. And then him sort of explain like, Hey, like this is the case with Digimon and like, Hey, like here's all this stuff that's happened type of thing. Yeah. Like to be clear, I don't think it's a bad change at all. I was just wondering about your perspectives on, whether you're comfortable with like that kind of silent like hinted at uh exposition versus just like straight up info dump exposition where a character just like tells you everything you need to know and honestly like maybe this is me but sometimes i don't mind info dump exposition like when it's like 
done well. And I know that sounds kind of like contradictory because it's like, oh, well, it's info dumping. But it's like, hopefully you get what I mean. Like where if something is explained well and it sort of like opens up like something in an interesting way and it gives you a, an interesting perspective at it, like I don't mind it as much. Like it's like, okay, like, sure, like go for it. Oh, yeah, I, I do feel you. Um, and, like, th- this isn't the only thing that Johnny was involved in this episode, though. He he gets freaking messed up by Aunt Mon in the park. <laughs> One of the... Yeah, and then and then his kid just straight up, like, runs off while he's, like, clutching his arm, like, Henry, help me! <laughs> yeah, like, dude almost died. He His his briefcase got, like, a huge hole burned in it in one shot, and then he took another shot <laughs> right in the arm. Like, he's, he's probably got some pretty severe internal damage. It's like, Dad, are you okay? Ah, oh, just a little internal bleeding, son. <laughs> Yeah, I find it, I find that really funny that it makes like yeah, a, a, just a straight up hole in his briefcase, but like apparently it just stopped there. Like it was just perfect hole and didn't continue. Like I guess I don't know. I I, I love a good cartoon like fireball <laughs> makes a perfect hole through an yes. object. Yeah, that that's that's always fun. Um, also just yeah, I don't know. Like Imon, Imon continues to be like, and this is clearly intentional, but he completely he continues to be a very confusing character because he is. A, he is the like the book and school esque character, but because the world is so grounded, he is like actually lethal in spots, and it's uh, yeah, it just makes for like a jarring like whoa, hold on, oh, I mean that makes sense, yeah, but, like it's, wow, I it, it's a pretty happened. frank moment where it kind of puts things into perspective. Where even though everyone clowns on him, him on all the time, like he he is still you know a, a monster with power kinetic powers, like he still could cause damage if he wants to, yeah. But then there's also the fact that, like, you know, like, he is still a coward at the end of the day. And when uh, Terramon's like, okay, hey, we're going to go right now. He's like, oh, uh, uh, I, I, I love my stove on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it is great, though. I, I enjoy Ipmon's continued presence in the show. I enjoy Johnny's continued presence in the show. So having them both in one scene was great. And I, I love that. Johnny's appearance is foreshadowed like a solid like 15 seconds in advance because the entire time Tyrion's having a conversation with Ipmon, Henry's staring at something that it doesn't show what it is until Tyrion. Yeah, he's just well. like, oh no, he's like, this is awful. Oh no, oh god. I, honestly, I love that kind of stuff. Like where, like there's something that the characters noticing off screen, but they're not drawing attention to it immediately. Like it, 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 it does a great job of building tension. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it is definitely interesting. Um. Um, I've got a question. Um, why is it that the <sighs> Rapidmon's evolution sequence looks bad? Like, I, I have, I have enjoyed the CG scenes for uh, a good while now. For like, you know, War Greymon, Imperial Jamon, um, some of those have been quite fun. I think Rapidmons looks like ass. <laughs> like he's just so weak, goofy. Like uh, when, when the like, hint, might be a hint to why when we consider the next episode and the fact that um, Dalmon doesn't get a CG <laughs> sequence. We'll get to that because I have some thoughts about I, that as well. And like they're they're very they're fairly different. But um, but yeah, I, sorry, I sorry, find it ahead. really hilarious how like his his uh, legs pop out like. It's yep. so like it's so goofy of like how his body starts popping out. I'm like, this is really cheesy, and it will also surprise me because it's like, is this mean Henry's a main main character now? Because only the mainest of main characters get CGI. <laughs> no, see, yeah, that's the... he's not main main tier because Takato got a good CGI one. Henry gets a janky CGI one, so he's he's not top tier. 
To be so, fair, all Digimon uh, CGI is janky CGI. Yeah, yeah. It, by this point, it is. And also, I I don't really rate the Groundmon to Wargram War one either. Um, but it has there were decisions. It's not just like it looks technically rough, uh, which I think the Wargram one one does as well. This one has some unfortunate unfortunate choices, like the the weird way. The way that like Rapidmon is like constructed in this, it feels like they're pulling him together the same way that like you can mess around with Mario's face on the start screen of Mario sixty four. <laughs> like it just has that same sort of vibe. Even the blue background, like <laughs> it has that same sort of style. So it's and it's such just it's just a massive downgrade from like the rookie to champion evolution sequences, which are iconic and like horrifying <laughs> and just really memorable this is just shit to be frank like it's it's the first time in tamers where i'm looking at something and going that's bad like like i feel i feel like that's my first time thinking something's bad in this show so they got to episode 17 and yeah they managed to managed to wait that long before doing something i thought was bad so well done (laughs) well done i guess it is yeah it, it It does look like it's noticeably lower budget, and I think part of the motivation for for using less CGI in the future might be that they looked at that and went, "Mm, that's not great, let's not do that again. I hope so, yeah. It is one of my favorite, like, cheesy qualities, it's one of the cheesy qualities of, like, the adventure series, which I do love, is is those CG scenes, but I think in Tamers, it kind of stands out as a relic when the the rest of the show has aged quite well. (laughs) So, yeah. I don't know about that. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I have thoughts about the time on rough. I think, but it's it's good. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and com- I think any like hand drawn sequence is like very good in comparison. Like I think about like the Metal Greymon or Wargurumon one, and then I think about like Zudomon or Lilymon's evolution sequences, with, like which look fantastic. Like even even Garudamon's yep. like looks really good with like the fire and like the the giant like Digimon bird coming out. Like I think those are all cool. Yep. But then you look at like literally any other of the CGI and you're like oh like this is not this is not great yeah they they have aged poorly um i think the 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 two that like get the nod you know they that i'm much happier with are the um the, the warp evolutions for agumon and gabumon just cuz they're like yeah they are they are iconic in their own way um and i don't know yeah. if you get the same effect from those if you hand animated them um possibly you could do but i don't know it, it wouldn't be quite the same in my in my mind so um. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a rare, a rare miss, a rare miss here in in my in my humble opinion. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, like this is a miss that Digimon has had since the beginning. So, like, yes, yes. Can you really? This is still like early two thousand. This is still two thousand and one era CGI for an anime show. <laughs> well, this like, is the worst one. Is my point. This is this is the worst right, one. No, I, I get you. And I think it's more like the direction of it more so than the CGI yeah. itself. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would say it's... Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. But it's fine, though, because then Rapid Man shows up, and he's really fun to see, and... and um, He did make... Rapid Man did make me realise something, actually. Um, I've just realised that the Digimon share a voice. They have a consistent voice throughout all their forms. Oh, um, yeah. Which is something that the anime... The, the sub-version does. Of it, you mm-hmm. know, it's, I, believe, I believe that's the case. Um, but the the dub always gave people uh, different forms, different voices, which I was 
I always preferred. I think it makes a lot more sense for tamers to follow the sword in this regard and keep the same voice yeah, throughout. Because they're characters now. Like, they still have yeah. their personalities and yeah. quirks, even when they're in their ultimate forms and whatever. So it would yeah. feel wrong if one suddenly had the, the voice from the movie, which is like this weirdly deep, like, Steve Bloom voice. Oh man, that'd be kind of that'd be kind of funny though. Here's my thing: I don't think I was thinking about the movie when I when I watched this uh, when I watched the rapid one scene for the first time. At least I wasn't thinking about his voice from the movie, which I completely forgotten about until you mentioned it just now. But maybe it was like there in my subconscious or something because I was watching the scene and for the first time I was like looking at it like Terry Mann's voice doesn't fit rapid one. Like there's just something about him which looks a bit more like. He he looks he looks kind of silly still because it's it's just a like a sort of bouncy design to it. But Rapidmon like I think it's in the face. He's got like a sterner look about him. So having Terrymon's voice in there it does feel a bit silly. If I'm being perfectly honest, like I think it comes back around because I think it it, it fits Mega Gargamon quite well. Um, but it's I, um, yeah, I've, yeah. I have two minds about how they handle the Megas in this. I think that. Like, having heard the Mega's voices in the sub versus the dub, um, Gallantmon is impossible to take seriously in the in the dub compared to the voice that he has in the sub. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but yeah, we'll, I mean, then we'll get to those a while off, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll but... cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. Um, I forgot about that, but yeah, that's a good point. I think, uh, but yeah, like, Gilmon's voice definitely works still for his forms because they are so similar. And Renamon's voice is such that, like, it's going to fit the majority of forms that Renamon could take in the future. Like, yeah, Renamon has it, like a really it, powerful like regal voice, yes. so like it works for all the forms. Yes, exactly. Um, Terrymon is is very much his voice fits his his voice fits his uh, standard form really really well. It fits Gargamon really well, uh, and then Rapidmon, I was just kind of like, uh, what? So, but I think it's that sense of like what I was saying earlier about the consistency of the design, maybe not being as tight when it comes to the Rapidmon stage of Terrymon's line. But again, it's a minor thing. It, it's not a complete uh, disconnect that I'm thinking, but I did notice it. Speaking speaking of Terrymon, there was a part near the end of the dub I laughed at that I don't think I was supposed to laugh at, um, where um, John Yu specifically asks Terrymon if he knows anything about Shibumi's code in the card, it's like, why do you expect him to know? Like, just because he's Digimon, he knows everything about every code? <laughs> it's worth asking. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I guess so. That is kind of funny, but... Because in, in the sub, he's just asking, like, a general question. Like, he kind of faces both of them and asks if they know anything about how that code got in this card. But in the dubs, like, he specifically asks Terrigamon. It's like, you, like, why do you... Would you have any reason to believe that he would know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe they thought he was addressing it Terrymon for some reason when they, when they localized <laughs> it. I can't imagine why, but um, that is that is a that is a funny point. Now, now that you mention it, um, yeah, yeah. I'm also kind of. Um, I think this is my my last point about this episode. But come to think of it, I am so. And I know we've got past the point where like Henry doesn't want Terrymon fighting and all that, but I am sort of like thinking. I feel like Henry should have had some reaction to the fact that his Digimon just vaporized in like with relative ease the um uh, Pajiramon and and uh, to his knowledge Bargemon. <laughs> like I feel like no, that's that maybe should have been he just he just like... nods his head and goes Sasuka. He says, <laughs> oh right, nice. Yeah. He's like nice. No, he shouts yeah. boom headshot. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a gamer, so you know, yeah, that that would be 
Yeah, he is, he is canonically a gamer. Yes, he is, yeah. Uh, there's also the end of this episode as well, which I don't think we've touched on yet, where uh, Renamon... Well, Vajramon reforming is an interesting notion. Um, it feels kind of arbitrary to me, almost, but I don't like care of. as much, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I do... I do agree with that, but I'm also like, I like the idea of them becoming data and then just being able to reform because it just adds a sense of like, you know, it makes them seem again more threatening because they're obviously on a another level from the from the grunts they were fighting early on, and and uh, it's just an interesting notion of like reincarnation and so on, which kind of fits fits them well, I suppose, being mythological creatures. So. Um, yeah, and it but makes yeah, sense episode, given that like their data isn't loaded, so yeah, yeah, exactly. That notion of like what actually happens to your data, like you know, when a Digimon is defeated, uh, and what that actually means, and so on. Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting side effect of them all deciding that loading data is a bad thing as well. So, um, yeah, but the the, the ending here with yeah. uh, Venomon agreeing to agreeing to go off with Vargemon was interesting. Yeah, and I and I like that Rika like has like a very like like her reaction fits like with her character now of being like unsure and like being like, yo, like if you if you wanna say something, say it right here. Like I, I really enjoy that and then her just like not being like, Well whatever, Renamon, but like her like actually being concerned. Yeah. Yeah, it, I like the line where she says I thought I don't trust her, is that I don't trust Vajramon. Like it's, exactly. it's good that she clarifies um where like she she's you know absolute faith in her partner it's the villain who wants to talk to her that she doesn't believe exactly yeah i, I like i like davis's uh thing at the end here in the in the, in the door he's so savage we get trusting someone uh, like oh, he says he says some line to that effect and it's just really trust un- that'll un- be new for rika and it's like dude like <laughs> dude build a bridge get off, over it calm down <laughs> he does the same thing in like the recap for the next episode too. Like he is such a and it's like Davis. Like, come on. I, I don't like. Um, I don't like. Didn't Davis. you hear Davis? She's a she's like a punk rock car. You should you should adore her. <laughs> like Davis is a character. I I grew to be fine with by the end of the series. I I will never like his voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so whiny. Honestly, like I, I the, the, when I think about like his voice, I try to think about it like in the Kazuna voice, and like it makes it like him more like sweet and like adorable. So, I'm imagining him. I'm imagining him just like watching the events of this like show unfold and just being like, "What the hell? This is way more interesting than the shit I got to do." <laughs> like just being jealous of the fact that like. He's, Man, he's calling was everyone stuck. else and like guys, like they're look at they're fighting all these cool Digimon. Like this isn't fair. Yeah. Like I like Sub Davis will probably be okay with it because he he's he's more chill. But uh, sorry, Daisuke, Daisuke, uh, will be more chill with it. But uh, but yeah, Dub Davis would be very jealous. And uh, I don't know. At least he's not being like weirdly um, weird about Rika or something like that. Like he was Kari, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Any more to say about this one, either of you? I don't think so. I think we covered everything. I'm just happy that my sweet little baby boy got to wield a giant hammer finally. Oh yes, oh yes. I need to get. I need to find a hammer for my Terriamon blush that I bought. You do. Uh, <laughs> just like just sew it together or something like that. Uh, that'd be that'd be funny. That'd be really good. You should do that. Let's take a break before we move on to episode 18. I think that's a good idea. We'll take a quick break and then we'll cover our last episode for the episode. Boring. 
Their names are written in the stars. Davis. Davis. What are the Davis? In the Sanskrit writings, there's an ancient legend about a band of powerful spirits, the Devas. They've entered our world. Miramon was just the first. Don't tell me, and we're the only ones who can stop them. There's never a dull day around here. What are they? A lion? A snake? The Chinese zodiac? Why are they coming after us? Don't they have anything better to do? A new challenge in a new 90-minute special. You kids have no idea what you're up against. Oh, boy. Allow me to show you what a Digimon of true power can do. I have a really bad feeling about this. We're the Tamers. It's up to us to stop them all. So we prepare to meet your doom. Takato! The adventure begins with an all-new 90-minute special. Next Saturday morning, starting at 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central Pacific on Fox Kids. And we're back. We're going to cover episode 18, finish out these episodes strong. Tom, would you do us the honors of talking about episode 18? Absolutely. So episode 18 is called Digital Beauty, and it is a sort of part two to the previous episode. You know, obviously the show is fairly serialized, but... This does have a, the Wagamon reappear and sort of close the loop on that thread. So, yeah. This episode was... So, originally came out August 5th in Japan, November 10th in, in the US, 2001, both dates. I haven't got the Japanese writer in front of me, but I do have the English writer, who is Adele Lim, who contributed a number of scripts to this series. Now, I looked up her name because... Well, quite frankly, I was just wanted to make sure, you know, it wasn't like dead naming or something. And and I happened upon a surprisingly well, um, a surprisingly fruitful um, post Digimon career. So she went on to do. Uh, so she started out doing script coordination on Xena Warrior Princess, um, and huh. then Digimon was like her third. Yeah, yeah, right. Digimon was like her third gig, uh, where she wrote 20 episodes. I think she only wrote for this season, possibly, possibly. Um, I think possibly she wrote a few well. in um, Adventure Zero Two. I want to say, but don't quote me on uh, that. Okay. 2001 to 2002 is the date she's listed here, but. Uh, as, oh, okay, as then maybe written, not. But, yeah, but regardless, um, yeah, she went on to do a bunch of work working on like more live action shows like One Tree Hill and and um, Private Practice. Uh, where she was more like producer roles, so she's kind of like climbed the climbed the ladder fairly quickly. Like well done to her. Um, most recently, she wrote the uh, she wrote the 2018 film Crazy Rich Asians, and she then went on to write the 2021 film Raya and the Last Dragon. So, wow, which is okay, that's Disney, pretty big. Which is, yeah, which is the Disney animated film that came out earlier this year. So, yeah, of the of I feel I feel like out of all the people that have touched Digimon, she has. The most success, if not like, if not the most prolific career, like definitely probably the most successful one in terms of like money, maybe I don't know. So, yeah, yeah, oh no, no that's props to her. That's that's pretty awesome though. I I would have yeah. never thought to like look that up, but that's pretty cool to find out that yeah, the person who wrote for Crazy Rich Asians also wrote Digimon. Yes, right. I mean, it's yeah, this is a hell of a that's thing. That's a wild description. I didn't even think to look it up, but that's, that's really cool, I was, actually. I was surprised. Yeah. I was literally just looking up to see, like, okay, where is she now? And, like, you know, make sure, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like an old name or something like that. But, uh, no, no, she turns out I'm glad I did it because shit, she's had a career. Um, anywho, uh, this episode is one that starts out with Rika and her mom, who is the, you know, she's the fashion model, she's the 
I think she's just a fashion model. Right? She's not like an actress or anything, is she? But she's obviously yeah, she's having. Just, she's just a model. Cre- she's just a model, yeah. So she's been. She's had a very career, and you know, it's obviously kept her away from Rika a fair bit. But she's back, and she's basically trying to force Rika down that same path that she went down on, where trying to make, trying to you know, get her to be a model or whatever. So she's having this photo shoot, and this is dude taking her photos, and he's got like a. In the dub, at least, he's got the Austin Powers voice. <laughs> like, there's no other way of describing it. He has like. You know, if you want to be more generic, he's got like the camp British fashion guy voice. I guess is the way of putting it. It's very reminiscent of of Austin Powers. So yeah, so there's that. But Rika's not really into it, and this dude's getting all up in her face, and she she kind of just like you know shoves him over, and her mum's not very happy about that, and sort of you know has words words to say to her later on. But uh, you know, Rika's obviously. Venom on going to meet Vajraman and so on, and kind of being distant from Rika. You know, Rika's not terribly pleased about all that. However, it turns out, you know, forgive me if I've forgotten any plot details here because I watched it last night and my memory is a goldfish. <laughs> it kind of accumulates with Rika meeting, basically meeting up with Venomon. They kind of find out where she is and they all kind of coalesce and they find her at the, there's like a sports stadium of some sort, like athletic track or what have you where they find her with Vajramon and Vajramon is basically saying to her, you know, you should join us. I don't know why you're working for the humans, blah, 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 blah. And Venomon, you know, is not going to join him, put it that way. <laughs> so they end up in a fight and, you know, they're trying to, Gilman's involved and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to fight him off. So Vajramon is still pretty, still a pretty tough, tough one to fight. He's also, you know, kind of kicking Kalamon around a bit, which is very nice. But then, Rika finally uses the blue card. She so she does find what her card has become a blue card, and so she uses it. And Jubimon digivolves into Talmon. Talmon being a more human-looking Digimon than Cubimon and 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 Renamon. And Vajimon's kind of like, why have you become more like a human? And you know, you know, doesn't really have anything <laughs> have anything meaningful to say to that. You know, she's just basically happy just obliterate him with. Hate brush attack. I forget the exact name, but it's an attack that basically just similar to Rapid Man last episode. It just one shots Rapidman and turns him into dust. That's kind of how this episode. It's kind of how this episode wraps up. There's also a lot of stuff in between where, like Riley, you get to see a bit more of Riley's life. Riley being one of the folks who works at Hypnos, works for Yamaki, and you get to see some of her like you know day to day life and inner thoughts. And it's, it's a surprising thing, really, for a character who just seemed like a human, aside from a few quips and that. But it gets some of her thoughts, and she does actually find out where Kato lives by chance because she she pops to the bakery and to grab some to eat, and happens to see Kato there, and you know he's like her. So yeah, so I wonder who those children could be that are stopping all the Digimon. Waka waka. Yeah, yeah. So I feel I feel like maybe she has more of an inclination of they are than the doublets on the dub is kind of a bit more like. Goggles, what odd fashion choice, whatever. But I, you can tell that she's obviously, she obviously recognizes him if, if, if entirely just certain who exactly he is just yet. But you know, um, there is that. And then later on, yeah, hypnos are like tracking the, uh, the emergence of uh, Baldurman again, and 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 they're seeing Talmon and so on. So they're, uh, you know, they're a bit more familiar with the. Again, they're continuing to keep keep an eye on the kids as they uh, as they do their business. So. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit of a thin episode in terms of things that actually happen, but it's a lot of like more. There's a bit more character work in this one, especially for Rika and you know her relationship with her family and 
and uh, also getting to know more about one of the another another side character in in Riley. So yeah, I I really enjoy like that Riley like B plot as weird as it is because it is very weird. Like it is like it starts with her like at like a gym maybe like swimming like doing laps in an Olympic sized pool and like people are gossiping about her like oh, I hear she like works for a secret government organization no way like type of thing and like she's just going about <laughs> her day she's like getting a snack at the bakery she's just walking it along like she's very fashionable too I gotta say like she's killing it first of all I think we need to make that clear but it's so weird but yeah like I like that like humanizing element of like She's like a non-character otherwise, right? Like like yes. who would who would even like begin to think like, "Oh, I wonder what the lady in the chair is doing on her day off." But it's just so yeah. like it's nice and like neat to see like, "Hey, like here's what she does on her day off until she goes to work." It's fine. Like I I I do like that they I do find it funny that they give her all this character because one of the things that I always notice with these characters, O'Reilly and What's the name of the other one? Tally. Tally. Right, okay. So those two are like... They have this animation which they reuse constantly for their scenes when they're in the spinny chairs. It's the one where they like do the... Like one of the I think it's like Riley's... No, and it's like... Uh, Tally? Did you say your name was? Tally. Yeah. Tally is the blonde one. Riley is the the baddie. Yeah. So they have like Tally up front, and then like the chair kind of spins around, and the camera spins with it, and Riley's up front and center instead. Like they have that that same animation which they reuse constantly for those scenes in the Hypnos building. Um. So it's really funny that they have all this extra stuff that they've now done for Riley. <laughs> they've given her like five times <laughs> the amount, or like ten times the amount of new animation in this episode <laughs> just because in this scene uh compared to what she's had before just um so i thought i thought that was amusing anyway um so okay scrafty i have a question yes because because in in the dub she talks about like this is the fourth date she's turned down this week because of work is is she is she stepping out on uh yamaki in the sub or, or what's going no, on i want the gossip I feel like- the dub writers didn't realize that she was with Yamaki yet, so they had that line in there because they, they really isn't like in the sub. She just says she just turns down um like an offer from friends to hang out, not like a okay. date or whatever. Also, um, if you'll uh, both join me for one second, I want to show you a cool Easter egg in this episode. Okay. Oh yes, yes. Oh, we're 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 going live. Oh, we're going into the. This is now uh... a video podcast. Going into oh, the... okay. I I heard about this, but I didn't catch it. Yo, is that is that the hit song from Digimon Bolero? <laughs> it it is in fact the Bolero. Her her ringtone in the sub only is the Bolero, which this <laughs> series hit... just can't stay away from that song. Is that the hit song with good from reason? Twenty from the from the Tokyo twenty twenty Olympics <laughs> <laughs> Bolero. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. God, yeah, like it's so it's so funny that even after Chiaki Kanaka was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do as much as I can to distance the series from the previous ones," they're like, they're still like, "Now nah, we're putting the song in. You that can't stop a, us." I, that's a I fun mean, cameo. Yeah, it's it. great. Like, you know. <laughs> Who doesn't love classical music in their Digimon? I no, it, it is great. I just think it's funny. Like it seems like something that someone snuck in there as like a, a little like sly nod. Also, it made the dub, which I think is the first time Blair has made the dub. Yeah. Yeah, so you know that was. Did it make the dub? What the Bolero ringtone? In, in it, yeah, the ringtone. I think it did. 
I'm pretty uh, the, the sure. Dub, the dub DVD that I had didn't have it. Oh, maybe. Maybe oh, okay. it didn't. I don't know. Then, all right, well, never mind. Never mind. Um, I might have just imagined that. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, fine. But but yes, I guess um, instead the dub gives us uh, Austin Powers instead. So you know, there's a there's a fantastic replacement. I there. I swear, I thought I was losing my mind when that happened, Cause, especially because I had yeah, just like watched like Austin Powers like a few months ago, and then I was like, why is this happening? Like, oh my it god! Was, like that's our celebrity voice impersonation for the episode. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sloan, you watched Austin Powers in 2021. We we were wa- we had a group watch of it in a in a Discord. There was like like ten of us watching. I I skipped out on Goldmember because it was like 12:30, and I was like, I am not staying up until 3 a.m. to watch <laughs> all of Goldmember. But, but I watched the first two. Right, Beyonce, yes. Beyonce's gold member featuring Mike Myers. I mean, that's like a stain on her career. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, that and that Lion King film. But at least that's more At least that's classy, I guess. Um, there, see, there, there is one line in gold member that, that still makes me laugh, and it's uh, Michael Caine, who for some reason agreed to be in this movie. Um, saying, there's only two things in this world that I hate. People who are intolerant of others' cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> Uh, especially funny I just because... really love the ho- the line. I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? Just like <laughs> yes, good. Let's, keep, let's Kane, keep making fun of the Dutch. Michael Caine <laughs> also not exactly that bothered about making fun of you know not not exactly that fussed if people want to uh, you know uh, be mean about other cultures. Put it that way. Um, he's a he's a Brexiter basically. That's what I'm saying. Um, oh no. Yeah. yeah, he's a piece of shit. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he does all kinds of crap films. You know, he's yeah, he did, he was he did, he did Jaws four. He was in Jaws four. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. Anywho, this scene was really. I okay. So here's the thing. That dude was weird. Was I think he needs to be checked yeah. out for like a record he may have. <laughs> So and this Rico was like, totally in the right to want to like feed the camera to him forcibly yeah. the, with her so fist. This whole this whole scene and and this pun wasn't intended, but I'm this is the word I'm going with. Uh, this scene was framed uh, in a way that makes it negative. You know, it, it's not a pleasant situation here. This is not like you know Rika's posing for the camera and, and she's like, oh, she's being all you know, whatever. You know, it's it's not framed that way. Like she is obviously not enjoying it. Um, this dude is obviously being weirdly aggressive. Um, I don't think the show is ever going to entertain the notion of like, you know, this guy is actually like, <laughs> like that that person, like the word you were thinking of. But it's um, a creep. It's well, I was going to say pedophile, but okay. Well, no, I'm <laughs> yeah. not. I mean, I'm just saying he's. I'm just saying he's a weird dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are clearly at least saying that much. So he is not a uh, he's not really respectful of boundaries, put it that way. Like he is he's definitely not. And no one else no well no one there, not just him, but no one there is picking up on Vika's discomfort. Um that said, it is it is definitely something that you think about and it's like, okay, this is something we've not really seen in this show before. Like the notion of like the um the, the creepy or like not entirely uh 
trustworthy adult figure in that in that in that sort of domestic sense. Like, I'm not talking about like, Uwe, you know, like Uikawa. I always I always get his name wrong, but you know who I mean. Like the guy at the end of O2, Jameson Price. Like he was obviously a villain, but he wasn't necessarily, you know, a bad. Yeah, he was wrapped up in the Digimon stuff. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So yeah, this was this is like something where it's it's fairly unnerving. Obviously, there's so much well like if you pay attention to any stories coming out of the entertainment industry uh, or like the modeling industry, a fashion industry and stuff, uh, both in Western countries and in Japan, then you know that like there's a lot of shady shit <laughs> and like bad vibes and especially for like young girls and so on. Like it's real. It was really sort of. Uncomfortable, uh, and the Austin Powers impression, like the the blatant Austin Powers impression, really kind of adds to the discomfort help, of the scene. Put it that way. <laughs> didn't put it. Didn't help. It didn't help at all. So, to be yeah, fair to Austin Powers, he does state that he would never sleep with a drunk woman because she can't give consent. Well, King. <laughs> Wait, does he actually say that? Like he actually says that in in the first Austin Powers movie. And there's like no punchline there. No, there's no punchline. Like he just straight wow, up just okay. says he turns down. I think Elizabeth Hurley because he says you can't give. He's like you can't give consent because you're drunk, baby. And then oh, the scene okay. just so like the, ends. The, the babe, the baby is kind of the punchline there. I mean, it's sort of the punchline, but yeah, that that that's still cool. Okay, <laughs> that's surprising. Um, well, I guess I guess if uh, if Austin Powers wasn't a firm moral figure that like you know people such as your children could look up to, uh, he wouldn't have appeared in Space Jam 2. So, <laughs> you know, I think I think he's, uh, oh, he's God, that's right. a role model. <laughs> I gotta go take a lap. Be right back. You both, ha- you both hold down the podcast. Can't believe that Austin Powers' <laughs> international shagadelic made a mystery is um, more of an upstanding moral figure than James Bond, like, objectively. Yeah, I mean, that's... And that's not too surprising when you think about who James Bond is, but even, yeah. his, even his parody, even his parodies are more on the level. <laughs> like even that dude from Kingsman <laughs> is is like more on the level. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, at least at least Eggsy from Kingsman got consent. Yes, he did. Uh, he very much did. Um, I ugh. I appreciate the moment during the the photograph scene where like Rika thinks about like he's like oh you can be just like your mom and like there's like you have like the like negative colors and it's like she's being sent to the shadow realm by the very <laughs> thought that she might become a model one day. Yeah, see, there's a bit of a tonal difference between the dub and sub versions of this scene. In the dub, it very much seems like uh, Rumiko is trying to force her into doing this, like. She wants her to become a model um, at all costs, and like you know, isn't really like, considering her feelings in this. In the sub, it instead seems more like she just wants to spend more time with her daughter because la- the last episode that she appeared in, her Greek's grandma, so Rumiko's mom, like kind of like gently call her out for not paying enough attention to Rika and not giving her um, the you know time she deserved. So this is her attempt at you know spending more time with her while also being able to do her work. So she just ordered. You know, a nice little camera test for her that she can try out and see if she likes. I think that that considers far too much, like, foresight and, like, well, well-meaning on Rumiko's part to, to be feasible. <laughs> Just with how we've seen and, like, I don't know if she has been represented the same way in, in the sub, but she has just been kind of, like, you know, like, She's adapted. She's a lot of flaky and... in the sub. 
okay. She's just like very vapid and like, oh, like, why don't you like cute things? Oh, I wish you weren't such a tomboy. Like, yeah, she's she's more of a um like absentee parent in the okay. in the sub. So it's less like she's you know self obsessed or vain or whatever, and more just that she just doesn't understand what Rika likes. Like, she just I mean, I, I still love her. Ruby because she's a baddie. Yeah, but <laughs> she's not a good person. Because yeah, in in the dub, the scene where she gives Rika the dress is presented more like, oh, you should dress more feminine, not like in those you know the, those t shirts and jeans. Whereas yeah. in the sub, it's she gives it to her thinking that she's gonna like it, and then when Rika doesn't like it, she goes, "Oh, I don't know what my daughter likes at all." Oh, that's sad. So definitely, definitely a difference in tone. I don't think that either of them is necessarily better or worse. I just think it's interesting that they can be different like that. Um, oh, definitely. I enjoy without, her obliv- like. Yeah, I enjoy her obliviousness in the in the door. Yeah, I, I found that's a. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a it's a definitely a recognizable you know um stereotype of like you know neglectful parent so without being outright aggressive or so on uh, which it sounds like the sub maybe is a bit more that way inclined to portray her as so um this scene has a weird ending by the way um, I, I know you I know you said feed her the camera Sloan but um I. I watched the scene and I was like, "Wait, this looks really weird." And I just thought it looked like she like force pushed them all all down on their ass because like <laughs> she sort of shoves the camera away, but then like everyone behind her falls behind the camera guy falls over as well, and I'm just you know like falls back as well, and I was just like, "Hang on, <laughs> did she just like you know skywalker them to the to the ground or something like what?" So, as they deserve. It's funny. It, it, it's it's like there's there's obviously a lot of like comical. There's a bit of comical direction to this scene, which I don't think it probably should have, but um, you know, that that made me laugh at the end. But they would just collapse. So I mean, if it didn't have the comical direction, like it would feel like a lot more distressing. Which I mean, it still is and should yeah. be, but yeah, it adds to it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a different. Rika saying, different, "I'd rather be eaten by diet. snakes than wear this ugly dress." <laughs> was like, I mean, she's right. It was very ugly. Bye. Yeah. That dress was not the vibe. Yes. Um. So we mentioned the evolution sequences, and uh, Talmon's yeah. Talmon's is fantastic. Completely, yeah. I wholeheartedly, I I really adore uh, both Talmon's and uh, Renamon's Mega Evolution for this series. Like they they look they look very we'll like, beautiful and like the way they're framed and directed and whatnot. Yeah, Talmon's is is great. Like the 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 difference between this and Rapidmon, because like Rapidmon had the janky CG, like we discussed. I won't hop on that anymore, really. But Talmon's by contract by comparison is it's it's all hand drawn animation or you know not CG. Um, and uh, oh, sorry, not not polygonal models. I guess is the right way to put that all. What have you? Um, and it just looks great, like, it, and, and the the imagery is really nice as well, and it's surprisingly like lengthy. Like it, it it's got like yeah. A, it's, they give it a good bit of time, and, and like it, like I don't know, it's just really cool, but like in a, in a way that's like very specific to Renamon and her whole her whole thing, you know. I'm gonna say Renamon, even though this is Cubimon digivolving into Talmon, but whatever. One thing I think is funny is that the the only person to technically 
pronounce uh, her name correctly is is Henry, the half Chinese kid, who correctly pronounces as Dalmon. Well, isn't there already a Dalmon that's like a separate version? I honestly cannot remember. Yeah, there is. It's uh, it's it's spelled D O U Mon, but it is like the it is a, a different uh version. It's basically like a it's just a palette swap. It's like a it's like a blue it's a blue red also, mon. Also, that would, that would be, be pronounced Dolmon. Like oh, okay. Dolmon. Gotcha. Um, the like the Chinese concept of Dao T A O is is pronounced Dao like with a D. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Did not know that. Yeah, that, that's the technically the the proper um pronunciation of it. I didn't I didn't learn that until like university when I took an entire course on um like on Digimon Tamers. Yeah, on Digimon Tamers, of course. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But yeah, like so, I, th- I think that's that's. A, I'm not sure if that was intentional on Dave Wittenberg's part, or if that's just how he personally pronounced it, and no one corrected him. But I thought it was fun that the only character to pronounce this Chinese con- concept properly is the the half Chinese kid. I mean, it makes it Henry is the smartest one, so it does make sense. Yeah, it'd be so funny if um, uh, the ultimate level was just like, yes, I am Talmon, and then Henry just yells from back, "It's Dalmon, stupid." <laughs> Pick up a book. <laughs> Just the the idea of a Digimon not knowing how to pronounce its own name is very funny to me. <laughs> it's like you have Terriermon coming. It's like I'm Terriermon, and it's like no Terriermon. <laughs> we've gone over this a million times. It's Terrier, not Terrier. <laughs> Gorillamon, Gulmon. No, come on, get an idea. Gulmon. I love that idea a lot. Yeah. Um, What's with all the one-shot attacks, all the ultimates? <laughs> or like the, sorry, I say, I say all the ultimates, but like we're two in a row now. Rapidmon and... and uh, I forget if Wargroundmon had anything like this, but yeah, her just drawing he, like the... Yeah, I mean, he did have the Atomic Blaster like from point-blank range, but like they were like in a little bit of a scrap beforehand. But yeah, like most yeah. of the attacks like against the Davas have just been like, at least like with the ultimates, have been like sort of like a one-shot thing after like a little bit of like a brief scuffle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not really been. <laughs> it's not really been a fight. Um, you know, I would have liked to see something like that, where especially because with Vajramon and and last episode Pajiramon specifically, they've been very like they've been very resilient against even the like champion levels. So it would have been nice to see you know them put up more of a fight than they do. But uh, I get it. Episode length, things like that. Yeah. I think with this episode, it's a bit more. Uh, obvious because, like, they spend a lot of time with Riley in the pool, which I think is a bit. I mean, <laughs> you know, if, hey, you know, if you enjoy that, that's that's fine and all. Good but, for like, her. I'm just sort of like, why did we need this? Like, it's okay, I guess. Like, you're setting her up as the Bond girl. Just to go back to James Bond comparison, I guess. You're setting you're setting her up as the Bond girl, apparently. Uh, but um, very strange thing to do in this show. At least at this point, but I guess I think later on it does sort of like make a bit more sense, I suppose. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, like they spent time on that, and then like you, we couldn't get like Talmon, you know. But I get what I get. I get what they have to do here. You know, th- these are episodes where they have to make concessions. I think as well, just to sell toys or like cards, and you know, you can't just have the new Digimon show up and then like not instantly win. But I feel like even Greymon like had more of a fight in him when he first appeared. Anyway, whatever. It's a it's a minor thing. No, I I, I get you. It's just it is kind of like 
I was, I mean, I was kind of surprised too. Like, wow, like, like, oh, okay, like they're just like immediately taking them out. Like that is kind of surprising, but yes, yeah, yeah. It's also surprising we've got them already. We've got all three main. We've got all the main ultimates yeah. already. I think they feel more comfortable introducing it early because they have a limitation behind them. Like they're locked behind the blue cards, so right? So they can they can contrive reasons for why they don't have the blue cards in every episode, which um, you know makes it a lot more feasible to explain why they're not just going ultimate every single episode. Yeah, while that's true. Rika does a literally, well, not literally, but she does more or less pull a card out of her ass in this episode. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> like they can, they can come up with stuff if they if they really wanted to. Yeah, and they eventually do uh, in about four episodes from now with like a an actual really clever workaround. I think, like I, I think the explanation they come up with for why they can pull up blue cards whenever they want past a certain point is extremely clever piece of writing. Um, but for right now, it's a, it's also a very clever limitation to stop them from just busting it out and one-shotting enemies every single fight. Yeah, sure. It just makes sense. Oh, so it lets them introduce each new ultimate without, like, the other ones being there, <laughs> you know, and which, you know, makes... is, is what you want. Yeah. No, I, 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 I get what you mean. It does feel, like, kind of early. I mean, like, we're on, like, at this point, uh, like, well, like, episode 18, like, I don't think we have gotten Meryl Greymon yet. Like, it's pretty early, but... Oh. Yeah, Metal Gremlin wasn't until episode twenty one of uh adventure. No, twenty one was twenty one was Tokyo, so it would be episode twenty. Oh, sorry, 20 it was it was, 20, it was twenty, yeah. Literally two two episodes from now, like they get their first ultimate. I know we're not gonna get the megas for a good good while now. Like they are they are Yeah, they're they're about twenty episodes off now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the divide they make here, but it makes sense when you the way the megas work in the show it makes perfect sense. But the yeah, and I think they they paper over that issue as well by um, introducing just a lot more new Digimon in general in the next few arcs. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, and they flesh out character. You know, obviously they have the instruction of Digimon for the other characters, and there's there's also there's also just notion here of like this point of the show is the most formulaic it's gonna get, and the way that. The way that the show kind of has to, or, or really should do, I suppose, the way it should introduce these new di- Digivolution, it also it also kind of begets like an, a, a formulaic. Well, it kind of begets a formula in 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 and of itself. Like you need to have the episode where like there's a scenario introduced where a new Digivolution is needed to like overcome the odds. Um, so it kind of makes sense to just get all that stuff out of the way now. Because we're about to enter into well, once this arc finishes, we're going to enter into some arcs where they aren't formulaic and like there's too much other stuff happening, and where if you did spend time to have an evolution episode or what have you, I feel like it would just get in the way, kind of. So that's not to say that every episode here is going to be like story critical and you know incredibly like meaningful, driving the plot forward, all that. No, we're going to have some episodes which maybe fall a bit more on like the you know, self-contained adventure side of things, but not not as much as they are right now. I I, I personally feel. No, yeah, definitely. I think it's probably smart. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting choice, but it still works out because yeah, like it is very limited. It's not like uh they're having uh Gralmon go to War Gralmon two and like Gargamon go to Rapidmon. 
but they it, they are making sure to like to limit it and like not necessarily drip feed it, but like they're they're using it sparingly, like so that way the moments you get those ultimates matter. Like, it's not like we saw it, like against like Sandiramon or Sinduramon. Like we've only seen them against a few of the Davis so far. So like it still gives like those good moments of, like oh like this is really cool like now we're getting this new form type of thing and and I it I think it works very very well in that sense of like slowly doling it out and making sure it's not too much because eventually it will we will be seeing them a lot more because the circumstances will allow for it yeah totally if this episode sorry if the show had more main characters kind of like adventure doors then i think those episodes you will be seeing those those episodes wrap up in the introduction in the introduction of more ultimate forms you know you would have had a sandiramon taken down by an ultimate form of someone else but it would have been a worse episode because it would have been more formulaic so i'm kind of glad that once again i'm thankful for having only three main characters um it's uh it's it just makes for a much better show uh despite everything i've said about adventure handling its ensemble reasonably well i just i just think this is an inherently better way to write a show is is or to write a story in my Definitely. Like, I, I just think they're doing a, a very good job, like, again, like, this is why I sort of each episode with, like, wow, these were great episodes, because they're <laughs> great episodes, like, yes. yeah, like, yeah, like, there's some, like, weird stuff, like, let's say, like, the translation choice might be different, or there are extended sequences of, like, Riley at an Olympic-sized pool, like, doing laps, and, like, looking at her phone, and it's like, okay, but it's like, I mean, like, they still... They're still like putting in a lot of work to sort to add to the world, to add to these characters, to build up characters who we may just think as like nameless, faceless people or or some such. Like, yeah, the they're they're putting in a lot of work for a lot of different things, and it's working out very well because they are taking very different approaches compared to the last two series we've looked at. Yeah, like I don't even think the show. I don't think the show would change in quality whatsoever if they didn't define character. If they, if you know, if they, if they chose not to define characters like Riley as much as they have, I don't think the show would really change yeah. that much in terms of quality. But I think it's the reason they do that is because they think about this in the same way. The, the way that they think about the show led them to do stuff like give Jerry as much as a character as she has, and you know, give you know John you and like even Ty's parents, you know, <laughs> the as much of a sort of personality and and background and so on as they have, and naturally that's going to lead to doing it with characters who maybe they don't even need to do it with, you know, who they like Riley. But uh, no, it's kind of it's it's kind of neat. It adds more flavor, you know, overall yeah, to, I, to everything. I, I like, yeah, exactly. It it adds more, and like if they clearly have the time to do it, then why not? Why not add uh, a little bit of look at like this uh, hypnos operator's like day to day life? Sure. I'm cool with that. I think that's I think that's neat personally. Like that's that's a neat idea. Though now that you speak about it, I we haven't seen Jerry in a bit, and I'm kind of I miss her. It makes sense. She'll they've be been doing very well. Doing... That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I know she'll and... be back, but I just you know they've been they've, uh, they've also been out of town a fair bit, or like they've, they've been that's doing true. some trips and stuff. Like this episode, the fight at the end of episode seventeen, kind of I think it takes them a little bit out of the way. You know, uh, and they've, and they've yeah. been like, traveling on the subway and stuff as well. Uh, this this episode, they go to the sports arena, which I'm guessing is at a real like location somewhere, but um, I don't know. But <laughs> it turns out I don't know that much about <laughs> Japanese sporting venues. <laughs> um, but yeah, knowing knowing the show, it's probably a real place. 
and uh, yeah, it kind of makes sense because we haven't seen much of like we haven't seen we we do see Kazu and Kenta um, last episode, and and I, and I by the way, I, f- I find it funny that I like Henry's hanging out with them because you know he's he's one of the older kids, and I like I know that like they know about Digimon now, but I feel like Henry would just draw the line completely at hanging out with them. Independent of Takato being there, <laughs> so he's just like, nope, <laughs> not not interested yeah, in hanging out with Yeah, that's understandable <laughs> because who would want to hang out with Kazu? So, yeah, exactly. Or Kenta, you know, they they, they, they are, you know, Kenta Kenta gets some stick from um, from Kazu, but he is a uh, you know, you see him in this episode being like, oh, you see him in that episode rather being like, that card's probably actually worthless. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's yeah yeah okay you're he's right got some you know vibes I... too. yeah. Yeah, they're both they're both toxic <laughs> in their own ways. They'll both they'll both get better <laughs> later, but I they mean, would, like to would. be fair, like who who would want to hang out with Kazu willingly? This show doesn't let any of its um, assholes, you know. They do it does it gives them all chances to become better. Put it that, put it that way. So uh, right. So yeah, that's that's also a good part about it. Yeah, yeah. I keep that in mind actually. I hadn't really thought about that before, but that's. Yeah, I think that's something we'll probably return to in terms of like that's gonna be that's gonna out. be on the test. Yeah. It's gonna be like a recurring theme, but but yeah, if you want to write a test, then I guess I guess you can answer, add a question. I I also want to officially call in the uh, Calamon Defense Squad again for the fact that Badgermon <laughs> is just like just straight up bullying uh, Calamon, trying to stomp on him. It's very rude. He it's deserves baby. better than this. He's just a little baby. What is it with these yeah. these centaur devas trying to stomp on adorable little babies? I don't know. They're just pissed. I don't know. They're they're mad that they oh. aren't adorable little babies. That that that, that reminds me. Um, Scrafty, last episode, I think it was last episode. You were telling us about how the dub kind of erased a bit of like the flavor of like the devas talking about their you know intentions and so on and. How they refer to yeah, some of the Digimon. I was going to mention making, that making in them here as well. More. Yeah. So what what yeah. does that look like in this ep- in, in these two episodes? I guess in terms of changes. So in in this episode in particular, when Vajramon's talking to Renamon, um, he basically this is the first clear explanation you get of the Deva's goals in the sub. And what he says is he still just says God. We serve God. They never like say who God is. They just refer to God. And um, I actually did some research into the like the actual. Um, etymology of the phrases he uses and the word for god that he uses is the um polytheistic word so it's when 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 religions that have more than one deity that they worship talk about god in japanese they use just kami if it's a singular god like the christian god or whatever they use kami sama and since vajramon just uses kami that implies there's more than one god that exists in his universe but he only worships one okay Um, and they do use the word worship like explicitly as well. He worships and serves God. And he says that their goal is to escape to the human world so that they can grow stronger on their own and then return to the digital world to um for you know, as of now unspecified reasons. And when Renamon becomes uh Dalmon, he feels very insulted they took a human form and he says, You're you know, you're 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 doing it wrong, basically. <laughs> he says you're you're not supposed to evolve that way. Um, you're supposed to evolve like we do, <laughs> like God wants us to. And then Dalmon has a really metal line. One second, I, I wrote it down because it was because it was really cool. Um, yeah. So when when 
Vajraman says you, you you didn't evolve the right way. Uh, Dalwan says that your god is not the one who decided what's, what's right and wrong. Oh, that's metal. Right before she kills him, it's, it's really good. I love that. But but yeah, it's still funny very ambiguous. Funny Once that, again, they do not eat. I was going to say, sorry, it's funny that she says that and then murks him because, like, it's suggesting that, like, wait, is she is she saying she knows what's right and wrong? Like, oh, she's saying no, no, Judge no, Dredd. What's right and wrong? She, she's <laughs> she's basically just saying that she, she doesn't serve his gods. So she doesn't have to be held to their gods' standards. I get, I get that. It's just That was a bit of a funny <laughs> phrasing, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's a very yeah, metal line for, for, for this show. Um, yes. but yeah, they, once again, they do not, do not even once mention taking over the world like they have several times in the dub by this yeah. point. And Takado shouts out, it's a conspiracy to take over the world. And I'm like, calm down, like, kid, like, you're being a little, like, like, it's not, it's not that serious. Like, every Davis so far hasn't expressed an interest in, in world domination or whatever. All they want is to be in that world so they can grow stronger. They, like, that's, that's the... As of right now, the end goal that they're striving for, and eventually we will learn, you know, what what their actual goals are. But as of the moment, that's all that they're they're really fighting to do. And they call anyone who doesn't serve their god a traitor because they they despise humans for an as of now unspecified reason. Yeah, I I noticed that they used that in this episode, and I was like, okay, like I dig that they're sort of like starting to to implement like these sort of hints and like these like this wording i'm like yeah okay that's really cool i i, I dig that a lot yeah and specifically the phrasing they use in the japanese version is identical to the phrasing that Ipmon uses when he accuses them of being being traitors as well which huh, is already okay. kind of drawing parallels between them that's neat because we'll we'll get into the entire 13th deva theory slash lore thing later but that it's <laughs> it is interesting that they the, the sub is intentionally through um text drawing comparisons between Earth, uh, Impmon and the Devas already. I am interested about that because this is an element I don't recall that well from the original show. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since I watched it originally, so I remember a lot of the lore stuff escapes me. Not because I think it's bad or anything, or, or, or felt it wasn't engaging at the time, I don't remember. I just don't remember. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot's happened since then in my life. So, uh, and everyone's life, really. So, you know, I'm excited to get back to that stuff because it sounds, well, fascinating. Can I can I share some of my notes from the Vajramon um Talmon fight because I really like sort of like went yeah, off. Go ahead. I said, uh, literally, just stay in the air. He can't do anything. Try jump. Her parry is so good. Uh, you threw your swords. What are you gonna fight <laughs> with? Get bodied. One shot. <laughs> she's Isn't literally parrying him like she 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 parries the whole super and then just like uh activates flight and like air dashes the way he's, do, he's doing a super and screaming let's go Vajra <laughs> yeah her, her ability to just float everywhere is really funny it's 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 like um <laughs> yeah it's, she's like Nova and then you, uh, you know, like Phoenix or something yeah, exactly. like uh, Marvel Three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's got that same top vibe. Thank you. I'm off. She's got the tri jump. <laughs> if yeah. you think about it, Dalmon is just a bunch of functions. She has the tri jump function. No, that's a, that's that's, that's a, an old that's, that's a, a bad deep cut that's, for some of you. That's a cursed that's a cursed reference. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to some, some that. spicy uh, 2017 era. Um, Fighting game community humor. Oh god, Shout that was that was four years ago. I feel all all of a sudden, even though that's not as long. Shoutouts to Peter. But yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, shouts to Combo Fiend. Uh, Vodramon was pretty dumb because he threw his swords. Like, what are you going to do at that point, my guy? Yes, yeah, he was just pissed off. And then she just bait pushes him and you know, she, she, hits it, she hits him with the... Um, I forgot what the weapon's called in Splatoon. That just looks like a pen. Oh, the, <laughs> but, the um, ink brush? Or like a paintbrush. <laughs> the inkbrush. Inkbrush, yeah. Just hits him with the... That's a very... Um, that's, a very that's a very non-descriptive name. Or like non indistinct name but okay um yeah she just does the like it also just reminded me a lot of um of cloud's cross slash from uh, final fantasy 7 <laughs> that seems sort of like vibe to it drawing the i don't know if it's kanji or not if it's katakana or something else but i think it's it's for, um, for cloud it's a kanji i think for dalmon it's like a sanskrit character yeah oh. that's what i'm i'm pretty sure that it is because i was like i was sort of like looking at that and i was like that does not seem like any Japanese character that I've seen. And granted, probably missed a few. I that would I wouldn't put it past yes. me. But Yes, you're not an expert. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I just looked it up. So the special move um in uh Japanese is called Bon Hit Hitsusen, which uh the trans the direct translation is Buddhist uh brush brandish. That almost stripped me up. Which is the talisman of light, and that is a um, the Sanskrit character. I can't pronounce it. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna post it in our chat, but I can't pronounce it. Uh, but yeah, so it is a specific uh, Sanskrit character. I'm not I'm sure what so it means. Up. Yeah, I'm so surprised that like the uh, it may just speak to the way that Digimon was at the time, maybe like fading a bit in popularity overseas, but. Or even in Japan, I suppose. But the, I'm surprised there was no like uproar about like the religious like um, stuff in this show. You know, the amount of like religious uh, like overtones and and you know, uh, I forget the phrase, but like you know, I'm talking about like yeah. What's the phrase? Like iconography. That's the that's the word I was looking for. Like iconography. Like there's a lot of stuff in this show which is, um, even even compared to the last two seasons, like especially with the Renamon stuff. Like it's much more explicitly like religiously, uh, inspired, I suppose. And uh, I'm surprised that didn't cause any sort of like furore or you know hand wringing. I suppose like obviously nothing like actually, you know, with any substance. But the kind of shit that, like... I mean, like, Pokemon, you you would have to yeah, know like, to Pokemon know. Pokemon Satanic! I guess so, yeah, because I think the Pokemon with Satanic stuff was based on literally fuck all. So, like, like, it was based on evolution. Oh, well, that was it. Yeah, I guess I guess that was something. Um, um, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess you'd have to know, yeah. I think that's the thing. And also, Digimon was just not, not as popular as it was back then, as it was when it first started, so... Who knows? Yeah, Gun- Gundam took the bullet for them. <laughs> they were oh, the soldiers Gund- standing over the bed. Yeah, because so, um, in the early 2000s, uh, when Gundam Wing was airing on Toonami, it was the first Gundam show to get a dub in a, yeah. a widely released dub in North America. Yeah. Um, and they started selling uh, like, like action figures and model kits from the series, but one of the, uh, the mobile suits in, in Wing is called uh, Gundam Death Scythe Hell. <laughs> and <laughs> um, Christian parents raised a big stink about a toy that has the, the word hell in it on shelves. So moving forward, um, 
every single Gundam series that released in North America between like 2000 and probably like 2008 removed all religious references from like the names and the model kits and whatever. So, which was like a big problem with the the series they dubbed right after Gundam Wing, which was G Gundam, because G Gundam, the main hero and main villains mobile suits are called God Gundam and Devil Gundam. <laughs> so they had to change those <laughs> to uh, That's to Burning Gundam and, and Dark Gundam. Shit. Burning Gundam is pretty cool, to be fair. Burning Gundam is, is still really cool, but it's just the the simplicity of just God Gundam is, is amazing to me. I, I, that just like, feels very funny to me. That almost feels like they did it out of spite. Like, I, I know the, the, the timeline for how these things get like localized at the time means that there's no way in hell that Okay, that that poem wasn't intended. Just to be clear, um, there's no way that <laughs> no they way in actually... death <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> there's no way that they purposefully could have gone out their way to do it based on that because I, I imagine they'd already come up with that stuff by time. Even you know by the point Gundam Wing had even started airing in the US, but like it's funny to think about. It's it's like saying, oh, what oh, are the names of these Gundam, like, cause that are distinct in the US? Uh, can you be a bit more careful next time? And then just call the next one, like, <laughs> fuck shit, Gundam no, these, or something like that. Yeah, these, these, these were, they were dubbing shows that had been out for, like, a decade at this point in Japan, so I, I wish they could be that spiteful, but... Yeah. I, 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 that's more than I expected, so, yeah. So you might, you might be on something there, because um, in Gundam Double O, which came out in 2006, I want to say, um, there was a lot of religious imagery <laughs> in the Japanese version <laughs> um, that, that they had to they had to very carefully um, cut out. Like, there's this one Gundam that's um, I think it's called like Messiah Gundam or something, and it's meant to be like this like overblown kind of pretentious savior figure that's like you know all white and descent literally descends from heaven with like rays of light behind it, and whatever. Um, and they had to change it in the dub to like original Gundam or something or old Gundam. I can't remember what it was, but oh. Oh Gundam! It was yeah, it was it was it was kind of silly, but it was it was charming. Um, I wonder what the hell that meant for like Evangelion <laughs> getting any sort of US release. Because I, I knew it did didn't at give the time, but I'm just wondering. Yeah, I guess it was probably marketed to a different audience, but still, <laughs> like, oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Yeah, I remember Gundam being on Toonami because, and I, I never I never actually caught it myself, but the adverts for it was so cool. But it was always on when I was having my tea, so <laughs> never got to watch Dang, it. Dang, fancy having your tea. Well, that's I mean, very British. Dinner. That might be the most British thing you've talked about on this podcast. Dinner, di- like, there's lunch and dinner, but sometimes we just call dinner tea. That's so. But it's always food. And I rarely drink tea at that, that... time. That's Blown weird, no offense. <laughs> You, you, no, yeah. you honestly have. Like, I, I can't process the idea of like calling dinner tea, especially when you're not having tea. I mean, I get the like origin of it. Like, it's not something I've ever done, but I can, uh, I can imagine it came from like that would be a time when like would have some tea or whatever, and you know, I don't know, some Jane Austen type shit. <laughs> but I don't know um, why it's still used to this day, but it just is. That's just how shit works here. <laughs> like, anyway. So I've been trying to, for the past uh, few minutes now, trying to figure out, like, what that, um, the character that uh, Dalmon uh, draws with the paintbrush, which 
I'm probably going to butcher this. I am very sorry, but I'm actually kind of curious about this now that I've started looking it up. So it's pronounced like who I think it is like, like, like a, like a, like a short U or something. And at least from the best that I can immediately tell um, in the Sanskrit dictionary, it's a, um, a particle uh, expressing like between like something like rem- remembrance or recollection, doubt, assent, anger, aversion, reproach. Like there's a lot of potential different meanings to it. But also the the one I found like isn't using the exact same characters, but it seems to like convey like a lot of the same um, characters itself. There was another one I found in a Sanskrit to German um, one, which I actually cannot comprehend at all because what little German skills I had are now gone. So <laughs> same. There's there's your Sanskrit lesson for the day. I wasn't expecting that today, but there we go. <laughs> it it means it means something for sure, and it's something that I am not sure of. Well, I could have told you that, <laughs> but you Slow didn't. Promising was a lesson, and then you know, just let down, let down. Tom's like, well, I, I could I could have known that. <laughs> I, could, I mean, I could have I could have told you it meant something. <laughs> just like literally, I could have said those words. Um. I think we're probably done with this episode. <laughs> like I, of the of the I think so. Podcast, I maybe? last thing I'll say, um okay. I love that the characters like actually effectively use their eyewear. Like they have the cool like like Rika has the yes. cool glasses. Uh Henry has like his hipster glasses, which I really <laughs> like. Like they're kind of Henry a vibe. John Lennon shades. Yeah, I they're actually kind of a vibe. I, I dig it. Doesn't cause does he have like the green lenses or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's he's he's one cowboy hat away from looking like that dingus cowboy. Oh no, I look. I, I appreciate the, uh, the the cool shades. I think it looks pretty cool. Um, and then Takata uses the goggles and is like the first of the Digimon main characters to like a, to actually like use a goggle correctly. Yes, I I appreciate that a great deal. Also, um, Atlas send uh, send Kanaki the money like. You ripped this off wholesale for Persona 4. Like, just... Dang, you're you, right. You have checks to There's write. Fog. Yeah, I just... I just realized it in this episode. Like, no, wait, they just totally ripped that off for Persona, in Persona 4. Like, you know, it's easy to joke about Persona ripping stuff off, and it certainly did in a lot of ways, but it put its own spin in it. Characters wearing goggles specifically to let them see through some sort of, like, weird magic fog so they can fight monsters? Get the fuck out of here. That's... That is... That is blatantly... A tamer's thing. Like they did, they just took. You're telling me four. that the Digimon Tamers went to Akihabara. Sounds like they ripped off Persona Five. <laughs> yep, sounds like it. Oh, Christ! I think that's all we have <laughs> for these episododes. If we're making these jokes, there, there's one more thing I wanted to make. I one loved, more uh, thing. I, I need a, I a sound announcement for one more things because we're doing a lot of one more things lately. I, I love to Rika's gay awakening at the end of this episode. <laughs> Oh, that's true. You're right. Yeah, at the it's it's at the very end, right? Yeah, the very end. The the episode gets its title from the Japanese line she says. <laughs> okay, that's I forgot this. What happened? Because in the in the dub she says, um, "You look so heroic in the moonlight." In the sub, she straight up says, "Oh, you yes. look so beautiful in the moonlight." <laughs> look, okay. 
Yeah, she. she's We're going to be getting those. some. There's going to be a lot of talk about um, like Digimon gender in a few episodes. I am pretty sure, and that is when I am going to go completely off. I am going to get academic papers. I am going to write essays, and we're going to listen to me get on my soapbox again during this podcast. It's been in the closet waiting. That wasn't a pun, yes, it even was. though it accidentally <laughs> was. It wasn't a pun. But I'm bringing the soapbox out of the closet, and we're going to talk about gender when that comes up in Digimon. Sloane's just Sloane's channeling Ty at the end of uh, Last Evolution Kazuna. She's she's getting ready to sit down and write her thesis on uh, on yeah exactly Digimon. yeah exactly. Look, it's been a long time since I've been able to do this, so we're gonna do it once it comes up. And that's not a spoiler, by the way, in case anyone hasn't seen that film. Like you will get <laughs> you'll get by with that film very well, very fine, thank you, without without knowing that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's um. So I can't wait for that because if I any, so Scrafty. Yes. <laughs> if anyone wants to send in uh, thoughts, questions, queries, uh, other reasons that Atlas owes uh, Chucky J. Kanaka money, uh, where can they send that to? If you want to send us emails about how uh, Atlas are a bunch of hack frauds, um, <laughs> you can send those to diginovacast at gmail.com. That's D I G I Novacast at gmail.com. Or slide right into our Twitter DMs, which are always open and accepting your queries. So please do send them in. We love talking about that kind of stuff. It's one of our favorite parts of uh, the episodes when we get to do it. We have sometimes spun off entire like hour and a half, two hour episodes just based on questions we were asked. So keep them coming. It's been a while. Or hell, if you if you just have a suggestion for a special episode you want to see, just send that in. We will try and make it happen if we can. Just literally say anything. It's been a while since we did one of those like spin-off episodes, and they were a lot of fun. So. Yeah, any 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 ideas you have um, will be will be open to uh, consideration. Definitely. And with that, Scrafty, where can we find you, and what have you been up to this past week? I am on Twitter at Scrafty Devil. Um, this past week, of once again, I know I've been saying this like every week for the past while, but like around the summer is like the busiest time for for games writing, just because there's so much stuff coming out and being announced and happening and whatever. Um. But you can, like, yeah, I've been mostly just working this week. I've been trying to oversee a bunch of stuff. I had to do, write a 5,000-word video on every Mar- Mario sports game ever released, so that took a, a big <laughs> chunk of time. God. Did you oh. make sure to get Mario Badminton in there? I, no. That, we were only counting, like, the, the big wide release ones. Oh, I don't think that's even a thing. I was just making a making a bad joke. Did you get Mario Excite Bike in there, which was uh, exclusively released for Satellaview <laughs> in Japan? But it's technically oh a sports game. Oh my god, is there really? Your opinion? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, well, I guess it wasn't the last Excitebike game, because there was one on WiiWare, but the yeah, the, the there were three Excitebike games. There's one on the NES. Oh, there's Versus Excitebike for Arcade. Uh, there's Mario's Excitebike for the Satellaview SNES. And then there's the WiiWare game. Oh, and Excitebike 64, actually. Yes, I forgot about So yeah. Um, there's also like Mario Hoops three on three. There's Mario Sports Mix. Mario Sports. Did you cover Stars. Mario Hoops three on three? I, I did cover Mario Mario Good. Hoops three on three. Yes, it that was, game's like, got bloody it was, the black black mage in it. Like you know, you need to respect that one. That that one's that one's a banger. For sure, yeah. And yeah, so aside from that, I've basically just been kind of hanging out, playing uh, playing some Guilty Gear. Uh, I started playing, replaying Apollo Justice with my friend on stream. 
I still think that's probably like my least favorite mainline Ace Attorney game. However, it's still pretty good. I think I the like the I like the first case, case a lot. The first case is fantastic. I think the first case is the the apex of the game, and from there it's all downhill, unfortunately. <laughs> but no. um, I do love that first episode a lot, though, or the first case a lot. It is fantastic. I loved seeing people's reactions to it on stream. <laughs> we did it. It's, it's very fun to uh, re-experience. Did Chu Takumi uh, that means Yes, Shu Takumi wrote the original trilogy, Apollo Justice, and uh, both Great Ace Attorney games, and that's the extent of his his work on the series as of right now. Interesting. Yeah, because everyone seems to be fairly down on uh, Apollo Justice for the mo- well, at least compared to the other games in the series. I'm sure overall it's fine. yeah. I think it's it's a, it's a strange case of a game that has a lot of ambition but doesn't actually care about fulfilling that ambition. If that makes sense, like it does a lot of big swings trying to hit the fences um but because of that it's more difficult to to pay off the things that it sets up like it sets up some extremely compelling mysteries in the first case and the way that some of those are resolved feels very flaccid by the end oh, that's a shame yeah it's all right overall though i think like i said i think the first case is legendary i think the rest of it is um pretty fun so looking forward to seeing more reactions on that Look, Apollo Justice has Trucy, so like it's automatically top tier in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Trucy is good, but she's uh, she's no Maya though. Maya is still the top tier assistant character. That's that's fair, fair enough. Yeah, my first like uh, well, I, I played one all the way through, um, and then I played five. Uh, so I'm a big Athena fan, <laughs> but I feel like I'm like one of the only few people that give a shit about characters from Dual Destinies. <laughs> so okay. I no, I, I, I like I like I like Athena. Well, I'll thank club by myself. Okay, that's nice. I hope she comes back. Happens one day. <laughs> I I hope we get more uh, Phoenix Wright games one day. Yes, yes. Well, you know, hey, next week, <laughs> like we are technically getting two new Phoenix Wright games, um, unless you played the translated versions of the. Yeah, unless you played the unless you're transition. unless you're scrafty. <laughs> well, I thought you might have done it, Sloan. To be honest, as well. Like, I, I don't no, think it's I, particularly hard hard to do so. So, I I can't be bothered to put in that much work. I am too lazy and tired. Same, 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 same. Yeah, and it's paid off. Anyway, sorry, yeah. scrafty. Sorry, so... scrap. We kind of interrupted you. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that's that's no worry. I honestly don't have a whole lot more to say. So I'm glad that you were able to, um, you know, get some more discussion out of that. I had a pretty. <laughs> uneventful week other than work um i watched oh sorry there were two things i do want to mention i want i watched um space jam a new legacy and forgot it within an hour of finishing it as as it should be <laughs> that is perhaps one of the most vapid films i've ever seen in my entire life that's true always did you pay money to see it that's what i have to ask did you pay I, well, so i'm an upstanding and moral citizen so of course i paid money to for it. i would never pirate any movie ever that's well, that's I just did, wrong I, I didn't mean that. I just meant, like, did you get, like, a free ticket from work or something? Oh, the theaters aren't even freaking open in Canada. I couldn't have seen it in the theaters if I wanted to. I don't even know what's happening in Canada. Y'all y'all have my condolences. Doug Ford is a menace. We all have our own menaces to deal with, I think. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. The free, Sloan, the free countries we're in. I was going to say shitholes, but then I can only really speak to my, my country. <laughs> I'm not going to speak to both of yours. You can speak to my country, too. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, yeah, is that better than the original, or no? Or is it? Or is it just like an apples and oranges? It's it's hard for me to say because I don't think either are good movies. That's like saying is is 
you know, uncontrollable diarrhea better than uncontrollable vomiting. It's like, they both suck at the end of the day. <laughs> That's um, shades of shit. If I had to say, I guess this one's better just because it actually has like more exciting action and more creative animation. But again, it ha- like more than half of that movie left my brain the second I, f- I, t- I turned it off the TV. So it's um, not the best. Uh, on the flip side of that, though, I finished Odd Taxi. And that is a masterpiece, like an absolute masterpiece. It's one of the best anime I've seen in years. Um, and it's a bit frustrating that I can't talk about why it's so good, because that would kind of um, give away what makes it so magical. I, I, I think it's... Last week I described it like a Coen Brothers movie, but it, like as an anime, and I, I stand by that. It has some incredibly crazy twists near the end. Um overall just like you know it keeps you guessing the whole time um it's one of those series where at times you can't even tell what the main character is thinking which is like makes for some really compelling drama because sometimes you don't know you know whose side he's on or whether he's you know got the best intentions or is secretly a villain or whatever and it just makes it a lot more engaging as a watch overall i liked it a lot uh again i can't say much about it without giving away why it's so good so if you like good media, go watch Odd Taxi. I'll have to check it out at some point. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's all for me right now. What about you, Tom? Where can we find you? What have you been up to? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter on uh, at CordmanHot. Uh, not been up to much the last week. It's been getting ready to move this weekend, so I've just been really way too busy between that and work to like... Well, I wonder, uh, you know, I packed all my stuff away so i haven't really been playing many games other than like picross on my switch and um pokemon go i was playing a lot of that because they had the go fest over the picross is a good game to be fair so yeah picross is great you can't really talk about it because it's just a puzzle game like you know you could explain the rules to someone like once and that's about it (laughs) but it's a good time sink while i'm watching like youtube or netflix or whatever um Oh, that reminds me, actually. Um, I did rewatch all of uh, Sex Education on Netflix, which is a very, very good show. Um, it's about... So it's it's such a strange show. Like, it's, it's both really strange and not at all. Like, it's built around the sort of tropes of, like, your John Hughes-style teen high school drama, like, comedy dramas, dramedies, whatever... You know, your breakfast clubs, your Ferris Bueller's, all that sort of stuff. But it's set in a weird, sort of like, off-kilter version of England. Like, it's set in England, all the casts... Well, sorry, not all the casts, but all the the characters are, you know, English, British, etc. For the most part. Um, The only... I think most of the actors uh, and actresses are British as well, except for, like, Gillian Anderson, who is, um, you know... She is American, but she does an extremely good British accent um, and has done for many years. And, and she's one of the stars of this show. So she plays like a sex therapist. Her son is someone who naturally has a bit of a hard life because his mum's a sex therapist. And that leads to awkward scenarios. And he ends up, but he's, he's basically picked up a lot from her, essentially. And even though he's sort of like an awkward, like nerdy kid at, at, at school, he ends up giving a lot of like advice to his fellow students about 
you know, sex and relationships and so on because it's an incredibly like horny school <laughs> basically. And there's just, but, but everyone's also like an idiot and has no idea about like, you know, important stuff and they get confused like the the first episode of season two opens with like everyone just like in a panic because there's apparently there's been a chlamydia out, outbreak and people are running around wearing masks and stuff and they're just like no that's not that's not how any of this works <laughs> and they're just like it's just mental. so it's re- it's really funny uh, it's really sweet um it's kind of like I said it's a cross between like Skins, if you know that show, uh, which was like a teen drama. I, uh, I, I know of it. UK. Yeah, it aired in the UK for like uh, sort of like late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, it's kind of like a cross between that to and do yeah, a, like John Hughes. They tried to do a North American reboot of Skins shot in Canada, and it was apparently dreadful. It crashed and burned after less than a season. Is Skins the British equivalent of like Degrassi? But way grittier and more like real. Like it's not like okay. an overblown teen drama. It's like a pretty down to earth, quote unquote, yes. realistic one. Incredibly, gotcha. well, for the most part, down to earth. Yeah, like it is. So the thing is, is that in the in the UK, um, they have okay. So for one thing, okay, it, it does make a difference to shows like this. Age of content over here is sixteen, so that makes a difference immediately in terms of the content in that like a teenage audience. Because you can more like realistically fit in stuff like sex and so on, you know that, that those are subjects you can broach. Um, meanwhile, in the US, you also have a problem where like shows on networks aren't going to have people giving like f bombs and stuff. Um, but whereas over here, after nine o'clock, it's pretty much anything goes to an extent um, on any channel for the most part, <laughs> you know, except maybe like the sports channels or something. So. Yeah, it's just a different it's a different atmosphere. Like in between is was another show which was like far more comical, um, but it had a similar sort of like premise. And Sex Education feels like it's spun off of those, but like it's put it's again it's put through the lens of like your Breakfast Clubs and and stuff like that, um, or like more recently stuff like Mean Girls or Easy A and those kinds of those kinds of comedies. Super bad, I suppose, also comes to mind. So yeah, it's really good. Uh, all the cast kill it. Season three starting in like a month or so, so I'm really excited for that. It's been way too long. I think COVID messed up the like filming and stuff. So uh, yeah, that's all I've been doing. I've been watching that. <laughs> I'm packing and working, and so I'll probably be back to playing video games soon. Uh, nice. Neo the World yeah, so we both had week, so. um, weeks that were simultaneously busy and eventful. Yes, exactly. How about you, Sloan? Where can we find you? What have you been up to? You can find me at Sloan Rosette. Uh... The only major thing was since uh, two very good games are coming out next week, and or hopefully very good games, uh, we'll we'll see. But previews seem good, so uh, I wanted to get AI the Somnium Files off my plate because I started it along with some other friends, and in the Discord we were sort of having like a book club going. I finished it. That game is fantastic. That is. I think that might be my favorite Kassen and Uchi Koshi game, but I'm not sure. Like I would need more time to sort of like ruminate on it and like I do want to I now I want to play through 999 in VLR again versus less reward so I'll get to that at some point but yeah that game is fantastic the ending was not what at all what I would expect but it was amazing and I was at a loss and 
the the end game for that game just really goes like in a way that like every other Uchi Koshi game sort of goes, and it's fantastic for it. Like, ah, oh, so good. I I love that game. It's a great game. I'm 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 glad you very uh, great game. I'm glad, I'm glad you played it. Um, I'm, I hope more people play it. I hope the sequel gets more eyes on it as well. I feel like that game had a problem where like when it came out, it was very. It was it was kind of like priced at a premium. I feel like, um, for what it is, and I'm I'm not being condescending for, but but like, it was priced similarly similarly if not higher to like, Breath of the Wild and stuff like that. At least over here, and it's a fantastic game, and I'm not like slandering Rienz or anything, but it's not really on the same level, like in terms of like budget. Or, or you know, do you know what I'm getting at? <laughs> like I'm probably just. It, I, I it's sort a minor of get what thing, you mean, but I, but like, like, I don't know. Like I, I guess I'm used to it, and I got it as a gift, and also it's a great game. And I would, I will, I'm as soon as I finish that game, I pre-ordered the collector's edition for two. So nice. Well, okay, fair and that's enough. an expensive collector's edition. So I get. I, hopefully, yeah, I'll have I, the money for that. Yeah, I did buy it upfront for what it's worth on like day one more or less you know at the at the asking price so um but I, it was really good I, I can't say i felt disappointed but i just think that's maybe why it didn't necessarily reach the audience it could have or and also probably the fact that it's you know an anime detective game from spike Trunsoft. it's not god biggest, it's so good not like... the biggest reach but it's it's really good characters are great the the localization is fantastic the script is great the voice performances are really good like Literally, like, I, the only problem I have with it is I played it on Switch, and the performance in, like, the last third is literally abysmal. Like, you're, like, the game is hanging for, like, 10 to 20 seconds, like, to bring up a new text box at times. Like, it is, it is bad. That is good uh, to know. I will, I will grab it on PS4, PC if I get it. I hear, I hear PS4 has similar problems, so maybe PC, but, and, like, normally that stuff doesn't bother me, but, like, when you're in, like, the thick of, like, finding out, like, all of this stuff. It like that's, really that's so does weird. suck to like, to it's, have. It's a it's a visual novel. Like, what's taxing it so much? I have no idea. Yeah, the performance is ass <laughs> in, in a lot yeah. of spots. Like it's it's just. But it's the just performances weird. are great. I, oh yeah, the voice. You talked. You talked about the the singing. I the actually liked it. Like, I think that song is very <laughs> like that song's been in my head all week. But then again, I like stuff like that, and like I thought it was like. It's. I thought it was cute and like fun, and I'm like, okay, like, sure, like it's not the greatest, but it could be worse, and it and it's fun enough for me to be like, okay, I can, I can excuse the the not as great singing. But yeah, I mean, that was really all I did this week. Uh, that's a great game, and I need that sequel to come out like yesterday and like be in my hands like in ten minutes. So, <laughs> like that, that's how focused I'm. I've I've got a new hyper fixation, y'all. Yes. I love that. I love. I love finding something you're very passionate about. It's it's very nice. Other things I'm passionate about include Digimon and Digimon Tamers, which next week we're gonna look at episodes 19 and 21. How's that for a segue? That was a good segue. That was masterful. Thank you. Thank you. I I try very hard. Usually it's not that. Usually it's not that high of a level, but sometimes we make it work. So yeah, 19 and 21. We are still tricking along. Um. Soon enough, we'll be getting to our first OVA for Digimon Tamers, which I'm pretty excited for. But until then, we're going to keep going up against some Davas. Yes, more Davas. 
keep them coming. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the next batch of episodes. There's um, my favorite Deva gets introduced in them, so I'm I'm very excited to talk about that. I bet I know which one it is. You would you have to be like either like very very ignorant or not know me to to, to not figure out which Deva is my favorite. To be fair, it's a really good Deva, and I think that might be my favorite too. It's super good. It's very good. Anyways, that has been our show, and thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you, everyone.